What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Peripheral Views Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. It's uh, another episode. I'm your host, Jake. Errol is back with me tonight. Errol, what's going on tonight? New pod, what's up? New pod, nothing much. We're back. We got another ranking show. Uh, This one's going to be a little bit funky the way we're going to kind of do it. Um, Ranking show, this is the Peripheral Views Podcast. This is our third in that installment of ranking shows. Um, we're going to use it kind of as a touchstone opportunity to uh, discuss a big uh, UFC card coming up. Um, as previously mentioned in previous episodes of the podcast, we've done a couple of episodes that kind of pertain to the world of uh, combat sports. Uh, we're going to stay in that in that world today, but we're also going to kind of reach out a little bit into a few other sports domains, um, specifically we are doing our top five Madison Square Garden sports moments. So that's going to reach into a couple of different sports. I believe, I mean, you got your combat sports, you probably got, um, you got some Olympic stuff, probably maybe some Olympic trials that have been held there. I'm not really sure if those will reach the top five, but you've also obviously got the big ones for Madison Square Garden. You got your, you got your NHL, you got your NBA, you got your college basketball you got you got plenty to work with there plus the combat sports stuff that's gone down at that historic venue so that's what we'll be getting into today but before we do the ranking we're going to kind of flip things around um we'll be hitting that on the back end of the pod uh we're going to start things off and talk about uh, a little bit about the world of ufc um we're going to talk we're going to kind of recap the last few it's been a while since we talked about it a couple months so we're going to just kind of recap and fill in what's gone down in the sport in the past few months. Um, and we will uh, kind of lead that, let, let that lead us into uh, the the big UFC card coming this weekend at Madison Square Garden, UFC 295. So before we get into that, let's do a little housekeeping. Uh, it's the same spots to find us. You know where they're at, X slash Twitter, uh, at peripheralv123. We are on YouTube. Just throw us in the search bar, Peripheral Views Podcast, easy to find. And uh, please subscribe. That'd be super dope. Uh, SoundCloud.com forward slash peripheral views one, two, three. Everything up on that page can be uh, streaming. All our content is up there for, for streaming. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, if you hit us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating, review, and uh, a nice subscription would be dope uh, for our analytics. Um, another one, uh, well, the big one, obviously, is our, our webpage, peripheralviewspodcast.com. Um, all of our stuff's up there, except for we haven't really, we're not really posting rankings up there, but all the all the content is there, all the goods, all the audio goods that you're looking for. You can stream any episode that we do. It's always up on the, po- on the website. Um, anything from the podcast um, is up there. Um, I wanted to hit uh, just it, within the housekeeping part of the pod. I just wanted to... Um, Promote my. Uh, I've just opened up a letterbox. I'm still working on building that profile. Uh, letterbox, the uh, the uh, cinema app. Um, I mean, I've done a bunch of. Uh, I've done a bunch of lists on there, uh, some top films and shit. And uh, I'm probably going to stay um, updating that pretty regularly. Anytime I see some new films. So if anybody's interested, um, for me, that's my profile is J Perry thirty five letterboxed. Um, check out anything going on there for, for my profile in terms of, you know, new films I've seen, uh, films I'm going to see. I'm going to throw some reviews on there too. Um, and any rankings we do pertaining to film, um, on my side of things, I'm going to update on, on that platform. So 
if we do a ranking sh- ranking show pertaining to film, I'll put the results up on Letterboxd um, for any listeners who are interested. So, and on that note, what do we got? Well, let's recap, Errol. What did we talk about last time on the pod? Uh, what, uh the the Shining. Oh yeah, it? yeah. We talked The Shining. That was right. That's the. Uh, the 1980 horror classic from Stanley Kubrick, the Stephen King adaptation. Um, we did a pretty solid episode on that. I mean, we went pretty at length. Anything that we missed on that on that that you can recall, Errol? Stuff we missed, yes. Stuff I can recall, no. Um, there's just too much of that movie to yeah. uh to really get into. Um, I don't. There's a couple things uh, we didn't necessarily like go into length on, but I think we like mentioned, like the, uh, um, what was it? One of them was just like the, uh, the, like overall like masculine overtones and like the uh, uh, patriarchal like kind of oh, vibe yeah, to it's it strewn about in the film for sure. Right, and then another one was um, I think we agreed that it's probably just a more or most likely just uh, a metaphor for like the uh the uh, treatment of like indians and stuff and uh like yeah, yeah. destiny stuff like that yeah it was cool it was like yeah i think that's kind of where i went. i mean for me it was mostly just like it's just kind of a i know a lot of people read into the film but i always felt that like it was it was just very much a film that centered around telling a ghost story about you know about the uh you know about i mean there's obviously the undertones of like you know white imperialism and the uh the de- the colonization aspect of like white man's burden he yeah like the, the displacement of 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 native americans and like there's some like genocidal symbolism um throughout the film i mean it's it's all over the film there's like i mean that's clear clearly what kubrick was kind of trying to usher in and um it, it definitely built on an indian burial ground. i mean you you have you still have a lot of explaining to do i believe your rating for that film was a 7.5 and i'm still just dumbfounded well what do you want me to do uh give it an eight because i will no i just i well no 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 you give you give, I'll the give it an eight like everything else it's etched in stone i'm putting it on your tombstone never 7.5, <laughs> 7.5 shining rating unforgivable <laughs> public restroom Unisex. I mean, it is it is shocking i well I, I guess i just uh i i just kind of assumed that well you you know what's interesting is that i feel like it wasn't scary to me for a scary movie and i watched yeah, it when i was young you know what i think it is is i think you you tricked me you made me think because you were so interested in talking about the film i just assumed that you liked it more <laughs> i mean i don't dis- <laughs> i don't dislike it but i'm know, not gonna but... sit here and be like yo this movie is right. change no, your life no, it's so point. scary Seven point five is really not a terrible rating, but I, I just, for me, it's just like it's just I can't believe my ears. I You're right because you, you said I, I've, <laughs> what was it? It was the, uh, dang it, the Russian one, Death of Stalin. You're like, yeah, yeah Death of like, Stalin, better Death film. Stalin. Better. <laughs> I was like, what? No way, man. Couldn't even Stalin. remember the name right there, and you're like, yeah, that's better <laughs> yeah. than The Shining. The Shining. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick's The. I'm yeah. Sorry. I, that's un- unforgivable unforgivable you are you are on the outs sir you're the one who asked me to do this <laughs> <You're a fucking laughs> you valued my opinion you're a, you're fil- you're a film charlatan you are. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna get that uh i'm gonna 
start posting my opinions online people be like yeah this guy sucks yeah, <laughs> yeah I, just, I would just like to reiterate that that letterbox is my letterbox and errol is not affiliated whatsoever i'm gonna get my own and you guys yeah, see some stuff. you want it i'd actually like you to create a letterbox profile just so i can fucking block you <laughs> what do you mean gonna... the toxic avenger is a 10 out of 10 film <laughs> oh my god yeah. yeah why don't you just give your hot takes on like the mcu <laughs> like let's just right. let's put on that you know, 9.5 we're looking at the shining that quick easy seven this is twice as good as the shining this film gets a 14 out of 14 15 out of out of 10 you know what it has that the shining does and that's laser beams and that's i can't can't look past it Listen, there, there, there could have been. I mean, could you work that into the Shining plot? Like, where could you? Yes. you could do anything in the Shining. It's like it's a ghost story. It's like paranormal. Yeah, the house could have zapped you. Well, you did. You did insinuate at one point in the pod that like he got zapped while he was like dreaming on the. He did. Table. He starts screaming when they. I, when I, she I still. I listened. I, I, I listened back, and I, 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 I remember listening. Uh, she flipped the. You she confused flipped. me because I, I I I've never correlated that. I mean, it's an interesting theory. I don't know that I. Uh, I think that that I, was the uh, one time you see like a, or at least it would be like a direct connection, like with the house. Like if you get zapped, or if like the the house wakes up. Oh, what I said is a uh, once the house quote unquote shined, because the power came on, then it the house shined, and then it linked to him, and he's like, ah, ah. oh he's maybe like, the yeah. worst it's dream. Like the, it's like the one of the first time. Yeah, there's like the. The interaction between like the caretakers and the home, I I could see that. I mean, it, I, it's an interesting theory, but you're gonna have to live that seven point five down because that's on the website. It's official. Okay. Dang it! I'm Might sorry. Well I'm sorry, actual cinephiles. Yeah, I mean, listen. Hey, like it's like I said though the the uh, the ratings Wasn't are scary. Sorry. Yeah, but you can't base a rating off of off of fear. Like, can't what? base a scary movie off of if it's scary or not. I'm sorry. Because it's who says it's a horror film. Everyone. It's a it's a comedy. It's a comedy. This didn't you hear the way he said? Didn't you hear the way he mocked her? <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole movie is just for that punchline. Well, I was saying that like, have you ever heard the theory that like there will be blood is a comedy? I think it is. He's. It's, he, I mean, it's it's pretty funny. I mean, there's some he's, fun. He's always treating people like uh like they're like they're idiots. Like he's always like joking. He's never like a, a, comedy, a comedy. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't. I, I can't buy it because I was trying funny. to think of some scenes. I was like, that's a long movie for a short punchline. Like, I mean, when he shoves his, when he like tackles him in the mud, and then he shoves his face in the mud, and like Paul Dano's just like squealing like a like a teenager, like that's that's pretty funny. I mean, that scene got me. But I guess I don't know. The rest of the movie is pretty dark. I mean, I don't know. I, I it's I I don't subscribe to the theory, but I've I I thought it was really funny when he called his only son, who he deafened thought, with yeah. his hubris and his uh you know uh thirst called him for a bastard from a basket when he called him a bastard in a basket i thought that that was peak comedy yeah that is that is that's not tra- that's not familial tragedy at well, all well here no. here's the thing without delving too much into that movie cuz i i'm pretty sure we're going to talk about it eventually i think that uh he didn't care what he said to his son because his son's deaf it was like the easiest thing to say anytime he could read lips yeah but like the whole time he's like oh like but he, he had the like, translator with him. 
Right, exactly, but it didn't matter. He was, you could say that to your son and be disingenuous because he literally is deaf. Like, if there's a way to, like, you know what I mean, disassociate it in your head, it's going to be if the dude literally can't hear what you're saying. Tell your little dog, woof, 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 woof. Right, and then he tells him, he's like, stop fucking, like, looking at him or whatever, and then he tells him to talk. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, well, we'll get into that film. There's so much to unpack. The bastard in a basket! Yeah. If anybody's che- if anybody wants to check out my list from the uh, on the letterbox, I do have a list of uh, we should just do that sometime the, the year two thousand seven because I think it's like um, it might the be the greatest ever. it's, it's yeah. like the greatest year ever. I mean, you've got like super bad, hot fuzz, zodiac, there will be blood, no country for old men, Juno. Like I mean, I have I have all like I don't have all of them, but I have like my top ten is on is on Letterbox, and I guess I kind of, I, I I had to refrain from from doing too many of those lists because I do want to save them for the pod, and like I don't want to reveal them publicly, uh, not that anyone's paying attention in the first place, but like um, would you would you say two thousand seven is the high watermark of the century of this century? Yeah, yeah, and so I actually far. think I actually think this year is like is making a push. It's not gonna. It's not gonna compete with those. It's also right after the uh, writers' block too. So I guarantee next well, year and the year after that's gonna be. No, I thought it was resolved. I thought they well, were uh, not legally. I think that like there's an agreement in place. I, I don't really. Yeah, follow yeah. I thought they, that's what I'm saying. I thought they were in speaks. No, but I don't think they can. I don't think every. I mean, most of the writers are back to work, but not all of them. Um, I think there's still like a guild out there that's still like holding the good that. ones. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's a very good year for film. I mean, I'm still waiting on you to see Killers of the Flower Moon, as with the rest of our thousands of listeners. Right? Oh my god, I, t- I almost totally forgot. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I'm... <laughs> I mean, had we'll... a busy week. It's fine. It's fine. We'll get to it. We'll get to it one day. I mean, it's going to be out in digital at some point. We will, folks. Folks who were anticipating a Killers of the Flower Moon reaction show. It's my um, fault. I actually, why don't we just upgrade it right now publicly? We'll just say, we'll just upgrade it from the preview show to when it comes out on digital, Errol will get a chance to see it and we'll do, we'll dedicate a whole episode to it. We'll do a deep dive and like, there's so much to talk about with it between, you know, the, the, the film and the book. Like we can just, we can just dive into that, but yeah, let's move on from that stuff. Now let's, let's, let's dive into, we're talking MMA today. Cause this is uh this is a sports pod, sports podcast. Cool. We're going to yeah, do it. MMA and then. Yeah, oh, MMA sure. and then other sports, but we'll start. We're going to talk a little uh, UFC just to kick things off. Um, Errol, it's been a minute since we've talked UFC, so let's just recap. I'm going to go through. I'm just going to list off the uh, the big UFC specific events, um, along with, I mean, I guess there's a couple of boxing in there, boxing events that went down in there as well. I mean, you had UFC 291. Okay, so we we talked around in July, some somewhere in there, and we did a ranking show. Um, where we, uh, we like did, remember we built our, the pilot is available. It's one of the first episodes. Um, we, we, uh, we ranked our top UFC moments of the year at that point. Um, this is a halfway point of the year. And then we built a fantasy UFC 300 card. Now I will say on that, on that UFC 300, uh, fantasy card that we built, one of the fights um, that was on my list or was on my main card was a fight that's going down this weekend. And we'll talk about it a little bit um, at the, uh, as we kind of broach our way to that point of the podcast, but Yuri Prohaska and Alex Pajeda, which I had called for, for UFC 300 next year is going down a little earlier. It'll go down this weekend, but in the meantime, let's dive back to around the time that we kind of recorded that pod, which would have been in July at the end of July, we had, uh, UFC 291. That was the. That's where we kind of left off. 
Um, 291 was a, a, an amazing card. Also went down on the same night as um, Errol Spence Jr. versus Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford uh, finished <laughs> finished Errol Spence in uh, in pretty pretty definitive fashion. Um, it was a it was a beatdown. I mean, Terrence Crawford might be like the the best fighter in the world of boxing right now. Um, he's working his way up the best boxer. Finals. He he might he might be. I mean, just just skill for skill, I think he's probably in in the top two or three. Um, but as far as UFC goes, the same night, July 29th, uh, Justin Gagey finishes Dustin Poirier um, via second round knockout. So that was UFC 291 main event. Um, a few other big, pretty decent results. Alex Bejeda also was on that card, and he got a decision win over Jan Blahovich, which is le- which leads him to the title fight. Um, no small feat. Yeah, seriously, a uh, it was a close fight, but I think he he pretty much edged it out. Derek Lewis had a monster thirty second flying knee knockout of Marcos <laughs> Rogeria de Lima. That was huge. And Bobby Green finished Tony uh, Tony Ferguson in the uh, third round of that fight. Kevin Holland submits uh, Michael Chiesa um, in the third round of that fight. So you got some finishes. It was a good card. Um, then we rolled into August, and boy, uh, Sean O'Malley flipped the world upside down with his uh, second round knockout of Aljamain Sterling and became the uh, dude. Champion. Came became the superstar that he came. The yeah, that song he came out to. Yeah, that's he walked out to that that Lupe track, which is interesting because that was right after we had just done the. Uh, we do have a, a two-part podcast uh, dating back into August covering Lupe Fiasco is the Cool, if anybody's interested in hearing that, where we kind of broke down that album track for track. Um, yeah, long one. Might, Five might hours. As well, might as well list that one we tried. <laughs> yeah, we did our best. <laughs> Straight up. It's, um, it's called Sorry, Lupe. We sorry, we did we our getting best. A, getting into. Thumb it down. We thought it was a good idea when we stopped. <laughs> Um, so that was a big card. Um, then we went to 293, and boy, we were disappointed in September. If you're an Israel Adesanya fan, as uh, you and I, I think both are, um, Sean Strickland, the biggest, the biggest fan. Wait, what before that, though? You have the um, oh, the, a couple of the yeah, the Paul Diaz fight. Oh yeah, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah, I I did skip a couple. Um, yeah. Let me let me throw one in there though. Paul, Jake Paul, and uh, Nate Diaz boxed, and it was a slop fest. And um, just to recap, we'll recap that because there's there's really we'll throw it into the mix. So that fight went down. It really was not interesting, and it was not fun to watch. I mean, it was it was fun, I guess, in the sense that it was like pretty sloppy, and Nate Diaz had a couple moments, but it was it was just bad boxing. Um, Max Holloway with a yeah, monster. That was and, uh, that was fun. Yeah, the Korean zombie. That that I mean, that was an amazing fight. I mean, it was like, well, his Korean zombie. I think he intended on retiring. Um, yeah, that was his. He that was his uh, last Swan fight. And it, well, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, and like you could see in the fight, like he intended to go out on a shield no matter what. He like looks at he 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 looks at uh, Max Holloway and he's he just nods and they just start. We're throwing down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was, it was really just a barn burner and uh, it came right off one week later after it was in Singapore. um, And it was one week after the Sean O'Malley knockout, which was just like, man, that was a good double, double main event right there because um, both of those fights were just like um, really exciting. And and you kind of saw, you know, listen, man, 
Max Holloway can, I mean, Jesus, if your name is not Alexander Volkanovsky, you do not want to stand in the pocket with Dude, that. Dude, he's the best. He's the best boxer in the UFC. <laughs> he might be. He just might. No, be. I've I've never said that that highlight. He's like, he's talking to uh, Cater, Calvin Cater. Yeah. Yeah, like just talking. Well, he's to talking the to DC. Yeah, no, he's talking. Right, he's talking. To he's talking. To, talking to DC, like talking to the commentators, and he's like, "I'm the best boxer in the UFC." And then the guy's punching him, and he's dodging him, and then he hits him as he's looking at him. He's like, "I'm the best boxer." He's, he's like, "You guys right don't now. understand." He's like, "I'm the best boxer in the UFC." Yeah, man, that's about. That's like he's like one. He's like one A or one B of like my favorite fighters. I mean, he's just, and it was so cool to see him get. I mean, he's gotten two wins. Listen. I mean, th- this dude, this dude, it was tough to watch last summer. I mean, he, Volkanovsky beat the brakes off him in that third. Oh, fight. okay. Who's he not going to beat the brakes off of? Like, literally a 1%. Yeah, but no. Not that, even that, in the That world. was the third time they fought, though. Third, remember, they had two other fights, and Holloway arguably won the second fight. Um, I actually think the first fight was a clean victory for Volkanovsky. Watching it live, I thought Volk. I did not think Volk won. I thought Max won, but I was a little biased. I'm a big Max fan. And Me too. I'm a, I'm a fan from anyone from the Big Island. That's a yeah, link scrap. Yeah, straight up. Yep. And uh, their second fight, I I still to this day I've rewatched that fight a couple times. It's a lot closer than I remember because I once again probably biased, but um, you know you thought going into the third fight, I was like, okay, Max maybe figured him out because. Um, he definitely, he dropped Volk a couple of times in that fight and it was, it was a good fight, but it, I thought he won. Um, but going into the third fight, Volkanovsky just put it to him and just gave him one of the worst beatings I've ever seen Max take. Yeah, probably Max is, that's the thing too. Like oh, I said it before, but that, that is no small feat either. Too, well, he's got a, just an iron chin. I mean, he just, he just, he, the man can take, can take some, some punishment, um, which you got to imagine is probably one day going to catch up with him. Uh, hopefully not anytime soon, but I mean, he's still young. Can you believe this guy? This dude is 32. What? He's, no, he's 31. How is that this even dude was possible? Graduated. He would have been in the he's same my class age. as me. Just yeah, straight my up. ass. He's... No question. <laughs> 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 oh, he's, yeah. I mean, well, I always say I always throw the stat around. So, like, okay, if you remove a, if you if you were to just if you could delete one fight out of time, um, the Dennis Bermudez fight from UFC one sixty, yeah, well, UFC one sixty. This is back in thir- two thousand thirteen. If you remove that that loss from Max's record, um, discounting that, which is a little bit, of, I'm playing a little bit of games here, but like, let's just dis- dismiss that loss as though we'll it entertain lose. you for a bit. Yeah, just just for the thought exercise. If you removed that from his record, this man, this man Max Holloway will have would have only lost to three people in his twenty, let's say thirty two fight career. He would have lost to Volkanovski three times, Dustin Poirier twice, and Conor McGregor once. Yeah, like the. Like the three toughest people ever. Yeah, I know, right? Like that. That's like, not- what do you mean you didn't beat that? Okay, like that's right. reasonable. And and don't forget, he's also got two, uh, two TKO victories over Jose Aldo, prime Jose Aldo too. So yeah. like this dude's a fucking legend, man. And I, I don't mind talking Absolutely. about Max Holloway a little bit. And I don't know what you do with him at this point because like you can't Volkanovski. Um, we'll get into some of the fight announcements. But Volkanovski is still the uh, one forty five champ. So like. I don't really know what you do with a guy like Max in this situation. I'll tell you what you do. You put him in the Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, but he's got to fight. No, I'm saying who do you who's he fight? Who's he fighting? Like right now? Yeah, I mean he's probably itching. To, he's probably gonna want to fight. It, that's what that's the right too. He's too good to be a gatekeeper. He's not. Well, they tried to do that, right? So they he, they gave him on every time they give him somebody to be a gatekeeper for, he beats them. He right. Beat, he's he beat Calvin Cater. They were trying to prop up Calvin Cater. He beats the shit out of him in one of the biggest. I mean, probably the biggest. Statistically, it is the single biggest like beatdown any UFC fighter's ever taken. Is the what he did to Calvin? <laughs> Imagine Cater. that they're like, "Yo, we're gonna see if you have the stuff." Max Holloway, just, big. I what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Then he had a war with uh, Yair Rodriguez, and he won the fight, but he definitely was tested. Then he goes in there and gets his ass whooped by Volkanovski, but then comes back, and now he's won two in a row again. He beat Arnold Allen, a contender, and he beat a legend. And, like, he's in, in my opinion, he's kind of in the same position that Justin Gagey's in, where, like, they both, they both, like, they don't know what to do with them. Every time they get to a championship fight, somebody, like, the champion just, but they're but they're great. They yeah, they're, they, they're great, and they take care contenders. of everyone else. They and they're also the two the two guys that fight. That, that's the thing. Like Justin Gagey is like, he's like a very solid fighter. You put him back a couple years ago, and he's he's beating like a lot of people. Like I mean, or at least though. he's like like top like top tier. Well, that's what I'm saying. But like if you you put yeah. someone like Justin Gagey back to like a like early like two thousand two or something like he's like the oh, greatest yeah. person to ever mean. fight. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. his skill set is is second to none. I mean, well, I, until he second gets to the championship, some, a hand, not even I, a handful. Well, I, we'll we'll play a little bit of matchmaking, but I want let's move ahead. I want to move through these uh, this recap first. So like, yeah. um, let's go to let's go to. Uh, oh yeah, we had Gon and Spivak, Cyril Gon, who coming off of that very historically uh, just an absolute bed shitting against John Jones um, back in March. He came back and he did get a victory, a finish over. I'll tell you Sergei what, Spivak. I would do the same thing if I fought John Jones to a yeah. T. Well, well, listen, I, I don't know that it, I'm not going to compare anybody, anybody to a fighter. Cause it's like Cyril Gon did. He did get, do the training and he went in there, but man, he just did nothing to, I mean, Jones just put him, it was, uh, that was, I mean, for the, for that. the hype for it, you thought that if anyone was going to do, you know, yeah, I thought that he had something to offer on, you know, in terms of the grappling, just being that like, I mean, I know Jones is, you know, we know what you're dealing with, with Jones. I mean, the guy, this is a guy who took down DC, <laughs> like took him down multiple times like handled DC in the wrestling. So, you know, the dudes, 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 a pretty good wrestler. I mean, pretty good. I mean, he's, he's elite. I, I just, I thought God had more for him, but did not show up that, that night, was, but, uh, but bounce back. Um, was, going in, that was a Ghana, Ghana, Sergey. Oh, sp- against Spivak. Yeah. He finished yeah. it. He bounces back. He gets the victory in Paris. Um, so he's right back in the title contention, and we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in the heavyweight division. Um, we got middleweight uh, middleweight title fight at UFC 293 in Sydney, Australia. Uh, I think we mentioned it in, on the podcast, but Sean Strickland just putting it on Adesanya. Dude, he was like, fight, dude. Like, what are you doing? I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I think the shit talk got to him. <laughs> Strickland is no weirdo. Yeah, but here's the thing about here's the thing about Strickland is like I think that he um he plays like the everyman like he's you know modern day Chuck Liddell or something like he's oh he's, you know that's I never heard that uh 
That's I never heard that parallel. I don't think he's so Chuck Liddell was just like a tough dude. Strickland he's is bad. like um he's, he's like bad. I think I think Strickland's like uh like diet um what's his name? I was gonna say diet Conor McGregor, but that's not fair. So uh uh diet Covington. He's like an everyman Kobe Covington. Nah, he's cooler than Covington. He's Covington. so much cooler than Covington. It's well, not even, also, no, he, that's what. He, but that's what I'm saying. That's it. Yeah, like, but Covington. Covington. Covington is like a a traditional. There's nobody like Strickland. He's awkward as shit. And Izzy said this. Like he's awkward as shit to fight. Like he's he's just he's like Bobby. No, Green. I just, I meant as far as like his like persona. personality. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I see that, but I I just mean the way that what he brings to the octagon is just a lot different. Like Covington is a fucking wrestler, and he's he's an MMA artist, whereas like. Dude, Sean Strickland has like I think he I think this dude just wants to fucking spar. Like <laughs> and he gets you in the in a title fight and makes you spar with him where he's like this is just what he does cuz he's so he just kind of sits back in his Philly shell and he just pops the jab out one two one two one it's just it's just an um, it was an unbelievable performance in the night of his life for sure and I, I honestly don't no, I think that Izzy got rocked in that first round and almost got finished. And I think I don't think he ever recovered. I mean, he just had to he had to sit on his you know rest yeah. on his laurels. Yeah, and then um, yeah, so we'll talk about the middleweight division a little bit. We got he's taking a break there. after that fight. Yeah, it sounds like Adesanya's gonna be. He he needs to. I mean, dude has fought like I guess, bro. He fought every like five months basically. Um. I mean, he has more title fights than most fighters. He has more title fights. I heard a stat today. This is kind of crazy. The last time a middleweight unification full undisputed title fight took place without Adesanya involved was fucking GSB versus Michael Bisbee. Damn. And that's that that's almost made ago. my list. That almost made my list on the MSG. We'll talk about that. Yeah, no, no. That's in the honorable mentions part of that of that oh, okay because i almost we'll had was a ufc 217 i think 217 yeah that was a, yeah almost that GSP's almost made return. that almost made my top five because uh, gsp is the goat yeah for real yeah no um moving ahead we had in mexican independence day alexa grasso and uh shevchenko they fought to a draw which was fucking insane there was a crazy ass scorecard on that that just didn't make any sense um and then jumping a little bit further ahead so that that you know those two are going to fight again we we kind of know what's going on with that um, and then we jump ahead to 294, which was this uh, just a couple weeks ago. And uh, man, that was a tough night at the. If you're a fan of um, of guys taking short notice fights, I I get it. I it makes the cards exciting, like because it's just like, oh shit, what's gonna go down here? Like, you know, can this guy can this guy pull off the upset? It's very and it's a badass thing to do. But man, uh, I thought. We'll start off, I guess, with Volkanovski. He gets kicked and he gets head kicked KO'd by Islam Makachev. Round one, tough night at the office. I don't think anyone expected that. No, no. To get finished by strikes, no. I think everybody would assume that if anything, if anything, he would have gotten. I, I think Islam, too, really. I'm just an underrated, unbelievable athlete. I mean, what what an intelligent line of decision making to say, okay, the first fight he had a full training camp and he he just clearly the fundamentals were there to defend the rest. Submission attempts were not there. Like Islam controlled the fight, but it was a hard night at the office. I mean, Volkanovski is just he's got a good ground game and his his defensive grappling is just 
it just it just kept him out of trouble all night. So Islam just said, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna try to go finish him." And he did finish him first round. Did not take long. Um, he makes you want. He cut. A, you know, Volk cut like 26 pounds in like 11 days. Um, which isn't a lot. It's not a terrible amount. I mean, it's a lot for, I, I say that as a person who doesn't have to cut weight, but um, that's quite a bit. I don't even think it was 11 days. I think he cut 26 pounds, like in less than that, probably eight days or something. Um, but like, you got to imagine that probably affected the chin. Um, and then Hamza Chimaev, uh goes, gets a defi- decision victory over um, Kamaru Uzman. When I watched the fight, I actually thought Uzman won or that it was a draw. Um, I rewatched it. She might have won all three rounds. I don't know. Did you watch yeah. that fight? Yeah. Yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong about that. I mean, Usman had some moments in the second and third round. Um, I thought that Usman won all three rounds of the fight. So, um, you know, but I, once again, short notice fight. What are you going to do? Um, and now that will bring us. Okay. So that pretty much recaps what's been going on. I mean, we obviously had well, the, the Johnny fight. Walker, no contest was bullshit. Yeah. The fucking eye poke. Yeah. Nah, who cares about that? I don't care about that. Um, Fury and Ganu. I mean, we talked a little bit about that incredible performance, obviously. And we're going to see where that kind of leads us. Um, but let's talk before we dive into the, the two ninety five stuff. There are some fights that got announced, right? Mm-hmm. We got some big fights. That what just about 294? We just talked about that. That's Islam and that was Islam and Volk. Wait, no, sorry. Uh, 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 295 is this weekend. We'll get to that. No, no. What about um Almeida and uh, Derek yeah. Lewis? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say there. I, I guess we'll hit it. Just Almeida me. got kicked out the UFC. He's no longer on the roster. No, that's not true. Yeah. What are you talking about? No, wait, you're, no, no. I'm you're, just you're thinking of Santos guy. He just had a fi- he just had a five round, fifty forty four victory over uh, Derek Lewis. He's not going anywhere. He's he's right there. Um, yeah, it's just it's a. I mean, it was a very boring fight for sure. But I mean, he did what he could. He, I mean, he 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 did what he had to do. He got the, he got the victory, and now he's he's kind of he's going to stay probably put and have to fight again. If he wants to crack at the belt here at some point. So, um, but let's talk about the uh, announcements. Okay. Big, big fights coming. Um, we obviously have next month. We've got, what do we got? We got uh, 296 UFC 296 in December. That's going down in Vegas. That, that card is fun. Let's take a look at it. Um, it's going down in Vegas, T-Mobile Arena. Um, you've got your main event, Leon Edwards versus the uh, aforementioned Colby Covington. Very undeserved um, title shot out of fucking nowhere. He beat Masvidal before. The last time Colby Covington, this is this is how long ago, I mean, this is so crazy. The last time that dude fought and he got a victory over Masvidal, my my youngest child hadn't been born yet. <laughs> she is now almost two. So, I mean, that, that, that tells you how long it's been. And somehow he's just walking into a title fight, which is, I hope, uh, I mean, I think for everybody's sake, I think we're all kind of hoping Leon um, puts the kibosh on that. Cause I don't know. He's probably favored. I would hope. Um, but so that's your main event. And then you got uh, Pantoja versus Roy Val. That's a rematch um, in the flyweight division. You got Tony Ferguson versus Patty Pimblett. What do you think about that fight, Errol? Uh, Tony for Tony for Patty. Ooh, versus Patty Pimblett. So that that might be like one of uh, 
that that's I really like that fight. I like both of those people. Well, Patty's like Patty's a little. I mean, I don't know. He got uh, tested in the last fight. I think there's questions. I think, about I think where Fergie he's at. Ferg's got him. Well, did you see Tony Ferguson was training with uh, David Goggins? Mm-mm. That's trouble. He's training with Goggins. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. Tony's lost like seven in a row. Right. Um, a few of those by finish, by brutal finish. <laughs> I mean, I, I said, well, so here's the thing, too. I have a bad track record. Every time I say Tony Ferguson's going to win this one, I, it, he doesn't. But I think Tony Ferguson's going to win this one. He so might. Place your bets is, uh, with yeah. that knowledge. Well, I'll say this. The next two fights are, in my opinion, other than the main event, the next two fights I'm going to list here are easily the most in, uh, intriguing. You've got um, Shavka Rachmanov is taking on Wonderboy. Um, so a little bit of uh, a little bit of the old being fed to the young on that one. Um, same with the Ferguson Pimblet fight for that matter. Um, and then you've got Vicente Luque, Vicente uh, is it Vicente Vicente Luque versus uh, Ian Machado Gary. So that's a big fight. That's a that's a that's a huge fight. That's that's Gary's fourth fight. Are you, have you followed this dude, uh, Ian Gary? No. Yeah, he he's like I, th- I mean he's he's aiming to be like McGregor two point Um with the trash talk and the, I mean, he's, he's Irish and all that shit. So like, I think he's trying to, he's trying to play that angle. And I mean, God, God bless him. It's working. I mean, it's working. He's, he is 13 and oh, and he's already got three victories this year. So he's fought three times. This will be his fourth fight this year. So if he goes four and oh with wins over, um, D rod and Neil Magny. And then if he can beat Luke, I mean, that's, that's going to put him in the, probably the top five, you would think. And he'll be looking at a title shot. Um, what else we got on that card? We got Cody Garbrandt coming back on that card. Um, Josh Emmett versus Gigi Chikaze. This is a pretty good card. It's a pretty good card. Top to bottom. It's got, it's got a lot to offer. Um, Let's move into the announcements, though. Let's talk about those because it's what I wanted to hit here. Okay, so you got UFC 297. Okay. Earl, you still with me? I'm just going to check your audio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, you're still there. Okay, good. Um, What do we got? We got UFC 297. Okay. This is going to be in the, at the Scotiabank Arena in uh, Toronto, Canada on January 20th, 2024, next, early next year. Pretty, pretty awesome main event. Um, it's going to be Sean Strickland against Drickus Duplessis for that middleweight strap. Um, Raquel Pennington versus Mar- Maria uh, Myra Bueno Silva, which that's going to be for Amanda Nunez's bantamweight belt. Which <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be I'm going to be frank. I don't give a fuck about that fight, and I don't think anybody else does. I mean, fair enough. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I know, like, I respect women's fighting. Like, and I, there are women fighters that I would prefer to see over some male fighters or many. Um, but that is not one of them. That is not one of the matchups that like really tickles my fanny fancy. I'm just like not really, uh, not really all that interested to see what happens there because I just don't care, and I don't think anybody else does either. Unfortunately for them. Um, but anyways, we'll move into the next the next big one, 298. Okay, so this is this is where things get interesting, okay? UFC 298 is going to be I don't think they have a location set, but that's going to be February 17th on um, 2024 a month later. And we got Volkanovski is coming back and he's going to fight Ilya Taporia for the uh, featherweight. He's going back down to featherweight, right? Mm-hmm. Now I got a question for you. 
you think this is too soon for Volk? February. Yes. So you're talking yes. about he got viciously KO'd in October. Yeah, so yes, but he's going down in weight. Yeah, but he's well down from the previous fight. I mean, featherweight is where he that's where he usually fights, right? So it's not right. So used it's to not, that weight class. Right. But I mean so you know there's gonna I be a do cut. think it's too soon, but I think it's uh it's he it he wants to fight, man. He he said that last time too. He said he said feed me. He said you know, give me another fight. I didn't like that dialogue. I thought that was bad, man. Like that's not a good thing to hear from. I a fighter, that's good. That's a fight. That's a great thing to hear from a fighter. He wants no, to fight. No, no, man. Because he's that's what that's what made him make a poor choice. I don't think he should have been in there against Islam. That was a bad call. It was a bad call. It's like you're no, taking... but that's a, that's the thing. It's a gamble. Like granted, it was a bad call because you need to against against someone of that caliber. You should like train against them specifically and have like you know a game plan. So like maybe he should have waited for that specific fight. But he wants to fight. What's he gonna do? Not take any fights? That's the he just fought. Just take more time. The, I think he should just be arguably waiting. fought the baddest dude at that weight class. Though he can go down and fight. I don't know. I mean, you got. <laughs> I I'd like to see. Yeah, it was the baddest dude at that weight class. I understand, but like you get viciously KO'd like that, you have to. You what's 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 concussion protocol? Well, I mean, or, he's gonna meet all the protocols. I'm not saying he's like he's not doing anything. No, no, I'm not saying like technically, but I'm saying like what would you? It takes like a week to no, come it's back. It's longer than that. He'll he probably got really? he probably got a 90 day suspension from any physical training. Like which for, those guys, concu- I guarantee you, for a concussion. Yeah, like bro, they they take the CTE stuff pretty seriously now. Yeah, but you could lift weights if you got. Oh, they're probably still like a, they're probably still sparring. I mean, they probably don't enforce it. I mean, I, I've, I've definitely had like a concussion. Like, well, and not saying that it's okay, but I've definitely like I've been concussed and I've been like, I've been fine like a week after. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's he's a grown man. He's the fucking. Like number three pound for pound fighter in the world. I, I get, I get what you're saying though. It's not, it's not prime. It's. it's I'm not, not like, saying it for his health. Like I don't know, I don't know him personally. I'm saying for his career. Like, imagine what it, what it looks like if he's, if his chin's not recovered. Right, he didn't take enough time off, or, um, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna go through another weight cut and he's starting to experience burnout or whatever it is. What, imagine that one of those factors comes into the octagon with him. When he goes in there against Taporia. Now, Taporia is 26 years old. This guy's a fucking undefeated juggernaut who's just, he's got knockout power. He's got knockouts at, at lightweight. He knocked out Jai Herbert at lightweight at 155. The weight class, Volkanovsky just tried to get golden. So it's not like he's, he's, dude, this dude's a fucking animal. I mean, Taporia is very good. And he's also like, striking is kind of his second, um, his secondary skill set. Like he's, he's more so like, I think he's like a black belt with jujitsu. Like it's mostly, I think the ground game is the, I mean, I, Volkanovsky can handle himself on the ground. Obviously he, he went five rounds with Islam without being submitted. Um, he handled, remember the Ortega fight, like Ortega couldn't finish him. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, if, if I'm just saying the career tra- trajectory is a little, con- it's a little concerning if he, God forbid, goes in there and gets knocked out again, loses, not only loses the the lightweight championship opportunity, but then goes down to his weight class where he's been undefeated. He's never lost at featherweight. He's been the champ for like five years now, something like that. No, 
almost five years by this point, by the time time resides. Um, loses that belt too. I mean, what is now? Now what are we doing? Now we're then do we take a break? Like that's what I mean. It's like it seems like right. Dude, like yeah, it seems like it's like maybe just take the break now while you've got the strap, bro. Like nobody's gonna hold it. Like he's in a weird position too because it's like he can. Um, I mean, he just defended back in July. So it's like, this is, it's could just take another month or two off. And it's and it's not off. something that we've seen until people started branching these. Because, uh, like, think think about it even, like, a decade ago. Like, there was never, like, Conor McGregor was, like, the first person to become, like, you know, like, the multi, like, champ. So, like, it wasn't, well, he was like, simultaneous. He, other other right. guys have won. Other, yeah. Other guys have won have been like uh double champs or whatever champs. right right but it, it's no, not simultaneous it was, was mcgregor he that, he was the inaugural simultaneous. it was it was never expected until he set the precedent yeah and then everybody started trying it dc right and then now now we're dealing with volkanovsky who's like he's like well i have to do this if i even want to be decent you yeah. could be the best person in your weight class like fall time ever that's, like, that's what habib, did. habib was just like i'm staying at 155 i'm gonna i mean He's a bad example because I I've got some probably unfavorable opinion you know. Man, he's the he is. So I said uh I said uh, GSP was the goat. Khabib Nurmagomedov is the goat. No. Yes. Yes. Bro, that, that who's beating him? Who's beating him? Who's beating him? That, that bro. Who's beating him? That man's resume is so overrated. It's unbelievable. Who's beating him? It doesn't matter. Well, listen, he didn't. What do you mean? What did that? He, he didn't stick matter. around long enough. He didn't stick around long enough to, to for us to find out. Like, I'm sorry, it's just true. It's just true. Listen, listen to this. Listen to this. I'm gonna I'm gonna name off the I'm gonna give you the fights that like truly should be looked at as extremely impressive victories, okay? In his career, in his career. Okay. I understand the 29 and 0. Okay, great. When he got to the UFC, he was 16 and 0. He already had 16 professional fights. Okay, he comes in the UFC. He beats uh, Kamai Shalaris. Never heard of him. Uh, I'm I'm not an expert <laughs> either. I'm not an expert either. So okay, uh, decision victory over Glayson Tebow, which he won the fight. But I've 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 not rewatched that fight enough to know. But like, it's been discussed that it's arguable that like not not that he lost the fight, but a lot more competitive than people remember. Uh, Tiago Taveras knocks him out and or you know ground and pounds him out. Uh, I'm gonna let me just skip ahead because I don't want to spend too much time on Khabib, but he's got a decision victory over RDA. That's that's impressive, especially prime Rafael dos Anjos. Um, Daryl Horcher, um, okay, whatever. It was a catch weight, too. I, I mean, I'm not that impressed by that. Daryl Horcher is journeyman if there ever was one, right? I mean, the guy, the guy, the guy was on. I mean, that might have kick started his losing ways because he. You know, he went like four and one after that or two and five or something like that. Um, Michael Johnson, great win because Michael Johnson at the time was definitely not who he is now. I mean, he's this guy's a 500 fighters, 21 and 19 as a career fighter. Okay, so here's where it gets impressive. So you got an RDA win that's impressive. Michael Johnson win that's pretty impressive. A Pat Healy win, which is also somewhat impressive. Pat Healy was a good fighter at the time. So I'll even give him that one. So that's what? One, two, three. That's three good wins. Three, like, truly impressive above-grade wins. Then you get the Barboza win. Okay, that's a big, that's a good win. Prime Barboza is good. 
Ally Aquinta, not a good win. Ally Aquinta is a good fighter, but he fought this dude on like six days fucking notice. And I mean, like we're just saying, that's not someone you want to fight on short notice. Like we're, right. we're so saying like, that before, like that. How you much can't stock fight him on are you? Notice. How much stock are you putting into that victory? And by the way, he went all five rounds with with Quinta, which means he didn't finish a guy who was on six like six days notice. I think it was less than that. It was like basically twenty four hours notice. That's the two twenty three card with the dolly and all that shit. Like that was a a mess in Brooklyn, and they brought Quinta in for like very very short notice. Uh, it might have been a matter of days for sure. And in my opinion, that's not a good win. It's it's actually closer to a loss to me. But what are you what are you getting to? He's beating. I know. I know. Everyone. Let me finish. He's beating Justin Gaethje. He's beating Dustin Poirier. He's beating Michael Chan. You're not letting me finish. Let me finish. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on. Okay. He didn't. He beat Conor McGregor. Great win. More competitive fight than people give McGregor credit for. Definitely a loss, though. Or, or, what do you mean more competitive? He dog walked him. There's nothing he did oh when he was on God. the ground. This is absurd. There's this, nothing he did. Is, I'm not saying McGregor beat him. I'm not even arguing. And this is – Conor McGregor is arguably the person who put UFC to the spot that it is right now. Like, he is the – He's the champ. I'm of just champion. saying he's... it was a competitive fight. More co- people act like it, it. It went to the fourth round, and McGregor has a has one of those rounds. But will you be honest course. with me? Did you did you know in your heart that that was going to be a uh, he was I knew, sacrificial? I knew. it was he was sacrificial lamb. Not really. No, I I, there was, I knew Khabib there, would win. I had a feeling. I, I, I there thought. Was, I thought. Okay, but let me let me finish. I the didn't. Punch I didn't see Conor McGregor, one of the greatest to ever do it, coming out of that alive. And I saw. You can't it, say I say that. Admittedly, admittedly, though, you have to admit. Do, do we really think like that? Do we really think McGregor off of the off of the Floyd fight? Did, he didn't even look like he was in shape. He didn't he care. I, a, he definitely didn't care. So he made much. the more he made more money off of that fight than he ever I did in that. all of the fights. So of I course. get it, of course. But, but like, so are that, we really going to act like that's a prime McGregor? It's I, not. I don't know what you want from this man. Just wait, just wait. I'm going to tell okay. you. I'm going to tell okay, you. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you. I'm let sorry. me finish. Sorry. Let me finish the resume. Then you get Poirier, which is a great win, and the Gagey win, a, an, another great win. Those are two. Those are his number one and number two best wins were over Poirier and Gagey. Okay, because that's them in their prime. They're not aging quite yet. They're like right in the middle of their prime. So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six and a half. We'll round it up to seven because there's two decent wins that are they're good wins, but they're not incredible. Okay, that puts them to twenty nine and zero. Okay, my argument is not this. It's not that this dude. Is I'm not saying that he's over that he's the worst that he's a bad fighter or that he he's never had an important victory or that he meant nothing to the sport. That's not my argument. My argument is that his resume, if you've only got seven, and if you're real, I mean, you can even give him eight, eight good wins, bro. John Jones has 14 title fight victories. Yeah, John Jones Stop. held that shit Stop down. Stop this talk. Yeah, he, he held that stop shit Stop this down. talk. This okay, talk about yeah, Khabib no, he... has to stop. He is not. I understand the dominance. I get it. But, like, this dude has three title defenses, and he won the belt off of a six-day notice ally Quinton. Not his fault. Understood. Not his fault. But John Jones has 14 title fight victories, 15 now actually with the Gon win. And and by the way, two divisions now. 
two fucking divisions across. That's the thing. So that is, that's that's the thing that would cement uh, Khabib's greatness is if he uh, went multiple divisions. But it still wouldn't hold a. I mean, one victory wouldn't. Have he been would have even to. He would have to. Enough. But that no, not not one victory, not one victory. But I mean, it would be have one another three or four. Okay, he's he's not okay. Okay, we could easy we could easily say John Jones is the best person to ever grace the octagon. That's that's fair, bro. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, Anderson Silva's resume leading up to the Chris Weidman fight. If you, you, I'm not saying if you if you include the whole resume, obviously Anderson Silva aged and fell off. Don't take that away from Chris. No, I'm not. I'm saying I'm saying I'm taking away from Habib. I'm saying that if you have Anderson Silva just take the resume he had leading up to the Chris Weidman fight. Just take that but like if he had retired right before yeah, fighting Chris Weidman. That career is better. That career alone is better than Habib. Because you're talking, let's see, you've got I mean give me a break here. You've got uh he wins the the UFC middleweight championship. So one, uh two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven, uh, eleven, and that's not including. There were multiple. There were like one, two. There's eleven defenses in there. Eleven title fight wins, and then three other ones that were non-title fights because of weight misses or um, either weight misses or like a positive test or something. So you're talking like borderline ten. What is that? That's like 15 title fight wins before he runs into Weidman. That's just the title fights. How could we even be comparing the, Habib to anyone of this caliber? Because he's, he's beating him. I know he's beating him. He won. That's what I'm saying, dude. Because he doesn't need to prove he's beating him. You know he I'm, is. I'm, I know he's great. I'm just saying he, he's not the GOAT. And the con- he didn't. The goat, all right. So the he's, goat conversation has to stop right now. Okay. You, you, you see, you've seen him do his stuff, but you didn't see him prove it time and time again. But like, that's what I'm saying. If you look, if I have to play the, like a UFC video game and I have to just choose a character, dude, Khabib's going to. And I think and I think John Jones would fucking do whatever he wanted to Habib. So. Yeah, because that's never a fair. There's a weight class for a reason. <laughs> Holy shit! All right, let's move on. We got to move on. Um, okay, that's uh, I I I do. Grant me the point. John Jones is the goat. Just, just I'm tired of people talking around saying Habib was better than John. Just just stop it. Just stop it now because better than better than no. So here's the thing. There's. Khabib doesn't even I, I said, have. A, I said it. I said it before, and you you don't like the phrase "baddest man on the planet." Hate the that's phrase. what I. That's what I appoint to pretty much the UFC champion, that UFC heavyweight champion. You are the baddest guy. If you were in a bar fight and you were the UFC heavyweight champion, you gotta have Jones in your corner. You're you, that's exactly like you're that's that's the one person who's probably not going to get bested by any like percentile. It's not like a toss up or whatever. Like so, yes, uh, John Jones, are arguably the best. You put him in a gladiatorial ring with like, and if you don't have any weapons, like you're, he's gonna kill you. Like he's, that's yeah, why he's, when he said to DC, when he's like, I'll kill you. I think if it was a knockdown, drag out, like yeah, yeah, like you fight him. <laughs> well, DC's just, too nice. Well, I, I, he's the go. Let's let's move on. Let's we gotta move on. We gotta we got a lot to. Oh yeah, stuff. we gotta talk about what we're. Yeah. Well, let's talk to. I want to talk about the, the that last announcement. There's one other big fight. UFC 299. This is going down March 9th, 20, uh, 2024, Next next uh, 
Q1 of next year. Sean O'Malley is going to do his, he's got his first title fight um, as champion. <clears throat> he's going up against Cheeto Vera. Uh, it's a rematch. So O'Malley is 17, one and one as a record. And that one loss came to Cheeto Vera back in the day uh, by back in the day. I mean, two years ago, uh, three years ago in August of 2020. And that was at UFC 252. So you've got O'Malley, who is just this clearly this superstar right now, and he's on the rise, and they are giving him the push because they actually did a face-off today. Check it out on UFC Twitter. They did a face-off between O'Malley and Cheeto. I fucking love Cheeto, by the way. Um, I, I'm a big Cheeto fan, but uh, obviously that first fight was a little weird. Um, a clean victory as far as I could tell. Um, it seems like what it looked like is I think Cheeto hit that perennial nerve, like on the back leg of uh, O'Malley. And it basically just gave him the old drop foot. Um, and as soon as that leg was compromised, O'Malley went down and Cheeto hopped on top of him and pounded him out for a TKO victory, um, which, you know, say what you will about it. It's, it's a little funky of a victory. I mean, it's still a clean win, but, but here's the, here's the kicker of it. O'Malley's the champ now um, in March, and he's going to get an opportunity to to avenge that loss. Like GSP has two losses in his career, and he avenged them both. Um, he lost to Matt Hughes, came back, beat him twice. He lost to Matt Sarah, came back, beat him once. So he canceled out the, the loss. I really like Matt Hughes too. Like that's yeah, Matt Hughes is good, man. Matt Hughes was an animal, just a, a monster. Um, so that's what you got on that. That's a good slate of fights. And this kind of leads me to uh, let's talk about UFC 300 a little bit. Now, what does that leave you with? So like, in my opinion, it seems like what they're doing is they're booking out all of these uh, title fights leading up to UFC 300. UFC 300 is going to be in April. It sounds like. And now what does that leave you with? And from my perspective, it's He's talking. Dana's talking about Brock Lesnar, bro. Oh, he is. No, yes, he, he is. No, he was talking about him like he was saying he was so happy to hear that everybody like still wants to see Brock and Ronda fight. And he was, you know what's so stupid because we posted we posted that stuff when we did that UFC. It was like a fantasy, like total like. And then it's like, nah. Everyone else is like. You know you had Brock on the roster. At one that point. was my fight. That was my <laughs> yeah. fight. I, I wanted Jones and Brock. Well, that definitely is not happening now because Jones is no, yeah. Uh, which we're gonna talk no, about. No, let it still happen. Let him beat his ass. What did he beat his ass with a torn fucking? Pectoral? Yeah, let him do it. He said he tore it off the bone. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's a bad tear, man. And that's a bad so, tear. You know what the thing is? I, I say it all the time because I I've like uh, when I played sports, it's always the stuff. That looks like it's not bad. That is the worst. Anytime, suit. yeah, you see someone just something weird happens. They do a half step and then they just totally stop. It's terrible. You see someone get truck stuck, do a front flip on the forty yard line. They are fine. They're gonna get up. They're gonna go. You see someone just bump into someone a little weird and then do two like jog steps. Like yeah, that's it's something's awry like something's can torn you, can i tell you i want to can i tell you a little thing that i'm like going through that's like kind of reminds me of this is that like i, I went so i've been to the doctor like it reminds me of like a louis ck joke that I'll, I'll reiterate horribly in a moment but like i've got this so I, like i fell on my elbow like 10 years ago and mm -hmm. i like cracked the tip of my elbow right like Blah. like and, and and i know this because like i have this like very like this soft spot on my elbow like right at the tip, you know, like the, the very tip of the elbow. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, you, it, I know, I know that it, it's not in my imagination because like, 
So like uh, for like years after that happened, like I'll just lean on it the wrong way and I'll just get this really shooting sharp pain up my arm. And then I was like, one day I was just like, what the, f- why is my, like, why is this continuing to feel like I thought it would heal. Um, but it's definitely like a bone issue, nerve issue. Cause like you can like take your index finger and press down on the, on the, on the tip of the elbow. And it's so soft that it leaves an imprint of your finger. Man, I almost wish I didn't understand English. <laughs> like that was, that's fucked. Isn't that bad? <laughs> yeah. Really like, bad. I, wish I, I wish I was deaf. What the well, fuck? Yeah. No, it gets worse. Hold on. I whacked, okay. I whacked my elbow today off, oh. off of, uh, off of the door. This, this is an injury that is now 10 years in the making. What you get yeah. for whacking off, dude? Oh, no, no, I just, no, no. Well, that's not what it's from. It's, you it's whacked it off the door, from. dude. Stop whacking it off. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, I did. Continue. Well, here's, here's, here's the, here's the worst part. Is that I looked at my elbow? I was like, "Fuck, that hurt." I knew, I knew, I hit it in the spot that, like, where it's been injured. Like, I was like, "That is bad." In your golf spot, and it's and it hurt really. And I looked, I looked at it in the mirror, and the nerve. I think it's the actual nerve, like tendon or something, because it's it moved down. Like it's now in a lower spot on my elbow. Like it's well, not actually, it's kind of higher technically. It's like more towards the shoulder, but I can see it protruding through the skin. Oh. I'm like, I'm like, oh. I'm like, this didn't send a shock down my spine or anything. No. Well, I told, I, I've been to the doctor for it and like done the like x-ray thing. And they're just like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's fine. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, it's fine. Just deal with it. I'm just like, what? like, it reminds me of the Louis CK joke. And they're like, he's just like, he's like, yeah, like my, my, uh, my elbow is going to like bother me. And he's just like, yeah, it's just fucking shitty. Now you're 40. Like you're not an asshole. You're like, not doing anything about it. <laughs> I for, I forgot who it was. Um, they're like, yeah, I went to a, I went to go get my eyes checked out, and he's like, yeah, they're just, your eyes are just lazy now. Yeah, they're just getting lazy. Like, they just don't want to work. They just don't want to. They don't want to do what, do you, what, do you, what you want them to do. All right. Well, let's move in. We we gotta move this along. Massive tangent, but um, injuries aside, let's let's dive into the next the next. Well, let's do this. Errol, I want you to hit me with uh, give me three fights you'd like to see next year because that that does lead me to what I was trying to inch towards, and then we're going to cover the two ninety five card. So give me three. You got three fights that you can muster up that you would want to see next year. It doesn't matter when. Just uh, don't, don't don't think about the logistics. Just give me three fights you'd personally like to see. Hit me with. Um. Okay. 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 I would like to see. Of, um, okay, bear with me for a second. Uh, it doesn't matter when. It doesn't, it doesn't matter when. It doesn't matter weight class. Just, just what what what's sticking out to you? Oh, what, what, how about this? You want me to you want me to go with mine? Well, yeah, I was going to say go with yours. Um, Let me start with mine. We'll start with mine. That's that's and you 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 work on filling yours out because like mm-hmm. what I had in mind was. So they, I was just, as I was just saying a few moments ago, they got all these title fights booked, right? And what I and so the UFC has like this policy, right, where like they, you know, they've got McGregor in the, in the wings, right? And he's they seem like they want to book him, and it seems like they want to book him against Chandler, Michael Chandler, um, at UFC 300. It seems like that's the direction they're going. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that's they've been like circling that for a while, and 300 is coming up, and here's the problem with that is if you're going to load up UFC 300, 
and you put McGregor on the top of the bill, you, you can't use any title fights because like their policy, I guess, is that like they don't put a, they don't want to put title uh, title fights on McGregor cards because a, um, it's overshadows them. Well, no, it's not that. No, it's, it's really not that it's, it's actually money wise. Like they don't, they have to pay the champions, uh, pay-per-view points and mm-hmm. McGregor's pulling in the biggest pay-per-view numbers. So that's a bigger chunk oh. of the pie. They got to dish out. Right. And they don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't so, care like, about that, bro. I don't care about the fucking, I want to see fights. I want to see a nice ass fight night. That's me too. Like, and, and, but here's, so here's what I'm thinking. And th- this is a way they could get away with this. So if they were willing to do that, if they were willing to put a title fight, cause that's the other policy they seem to have is that like McGregor is the headline no matter what, and but he's not a champion and you can't, they always, they never put champions underneath, you know, I mean, I guess they might, they could make an exception, but I was saying they don't actually have to in this case scenario. You know why? Hmm. Here's what here's the number one fight that I think that they should make for UFC 300. And I'm sorry to Michael Chandler. Um, I'm I'm sorry, but I've got a consolation prize for him, so he can he can just hang tight. I'm gonna actually hit you with two. I think what they should do is you can make a bunch of title fights. So you can let a couple of these title fights play out, and you can make like one or two. Uh, like let's say Drickus Duplessis wins the middleweight strap. You stick him in there with Izzy for the middleweight or something like that. You know, just a, a, a generic, it doesn't have to be generic, but like a good title fight in there. I think you could do that. You get a title fight, you get, um, and you could put it underneath the McGregor fight. But the only way you could do that is to put McGregor in a title fight. And there's only one way you Market can put Mike. No. No, you can't do that. You can't do that because that's just like, which, I, well, first of all, it's it's a shit show because like everybody's going to be pissed because McGregor hasn't earned it. He hasn't won a fight in too long. Like, no way. They're not going to do that. And it'd also be probably a, a bloodbath. I think Nacho would probably just, just, <laughs> yeah, just I mean, that's just not, no, it's just not, they're not going to do that. They're, they're, McGregor's not at that place and as big a star as he is, they just, I don't think they're going to do that. So here's how you'd get away with it. And you could put Makachev on this card, right? You could put him under McGregor. But the only way you would do you would never do that unless McGregor's fighting for a belt. Because you can't put McGregor in a non-title fight to main event and then put a bunch of title fights under it because you diminish the value of the, of the championships, right? You don't want to right, do that. That's not fair. So hear me out. This is how you can do this. McGregor in a main event title fight, not for the light heavyweight, not for the lightweight championship. Not for the featherweight championship. Not for the welterweight championship. You put Conor McGregor across the octagon from Justin Gagey for the BMF belt. As your main event for UFC 300. You got your title fight. You've got McGregor at the top of the bill. They're fighting for a belt. So you can put belt. You can put title fights underneath him now. So now you could fill the card out with Islam or... um, you know, maybe Leon fights again, Edwards or Covington wins. Imagine having Covington and McGregor on the same card, or you could do um, O'Malley's fighting before then. So he's probably not going to do that, but you could do uh, Vol- Volkanovsky probably won't be ready at that point either. So he'll probably be out, but you it, maybe the heavyweight, the heavyweights are going to be ready. Uh, it won't be Jones and Stipe, but maybe you, I don't know. You could get creative though, as long as, and you, you immediately have McGregor at the top of the bill. And you could put this is the other the other big fight I'd like to see. You could put Poirier and Chandler in a rematch. 
So that way Chandler's not left high and dry. Yeah, Chandler, I would I would like to see that fight. Yeah, I'd like to see that. That was a, that first fight was really good. That was good. MSG. Yeah. It was a close ass fight, and you know Poirier got the win. But you put them in a rematch because you know Chandler's been waiting. You give him a big fat payday that you know hurt his. You know he's been waiting for the McGregor fight, waiting, 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 and you want to see him get that McGregor fight. But let me tell you, McGregor versus Justin Gagey is a fucking great fight. That's a fucking barn burner. That is a great fight. And you put it for the BMF belt. McGregor wins the BMF belt. If he could win that fight, if it was at 155 and you could get him to win that belt, you could justify him going right into a title fight with Makachev next, which is what they want, right? They just want the Khabib. They want that Khabib rub. Like they want to make it seem. Yeah, they want to be like, and he, I think, uh, I think Connor wants that too. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge payday. And I think if he got a win over Islam, I mean, that would be just like, what a mess and a crazy fucking event that would be. But like, if he got a win over Islam and won, a, won the lightweight belt back, which is just so unlikely. Um, but if he did, he probably would feel like he avenged the Khabib loss, even though that's not. I would feel wins. that way. It would never happen. He would not win that fight. No you don't think so. Win. Never. No I think Islam's better than Habib. Yeah. I just he, think I think he might be there to prove it too. He's way his striking is five times. His striking it yeah, that's what I was his striking is way better. He can striking uh, is he can stand up but he can better. but he's so so great on the ground. So did you come up with any other uh you got any other fights that come to mind while I was ranting and raving about that? No, nothing too crazy, dude. I wanna see uh I wanna see Grasso Wiley. Oh, okay. Zhang Weili versus Gra- Oh, so you want tr- you want Weili coming up to one twenty five, or down? Oh, or Grasso going to one fifteen? Okay. No, no, no. Or Weili going down to flyweight? She can go up or down, or Grasso can go up or down. Well, Weili like is the one fifteen like champ. She's the one one fifteen champ. There's no Adam weight in UFC though, so there's no one hundred five. No, she's one fly. She's- fl- Flyweight is one twenty five. Yeah, no, no, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'd like to see um. Do I want to see her come up or go down? I want to see Wiley go down. Yeah. Um. It's hard though. It's hard to uh, cut weight as a girl, so that's not fair. Yeah, I mean that would be that would be a nice. It would be nice to see. Um. Well, Grasso is going to fight Shevchenko. I mean that's what's coming. Um, Yeah. But uh, all right, let's uh let's take a short break, and then after this break, when we come back, we're going to talk UFC two ninety five. Um, we're going to die. Oh yeah. I was going to say, I want to see Brock Lesnar versus this baby. <laughs> oh my God. Wouldn't that be fucking Why not? imagine? I was just thinking like, I was just thinking like, um, nah, I won't, I won't, I, won't, I don't want to hijack somebody else's idea. So I'll save it. Um, no, all right, we'll be right. Well, I was thinking they should do like a, they should do a mystery main event. Like I heard this on a podcast on Ariel's show. They were talking about like, they should do that for UFC 300. They'd never do it. Cause they're too worried, obviously too worried about like, you know, turnout. Well, yeah, it's just, it's hard to get people to commit if they don't they commit to purchase the pay-per-view slash right. you tickets to an event. You, you don't even know who down, it is. Like it, yeah. But no, almost the allure of like, I wonder who it is. Like I think yeah. more people would tune in. It's a, I think if you do that for like a fight night, maybe not a pay per view, you would get like a. I mean, maybe you could do. I don't know. You can do a discount, a discount pay per view for it, and then I don't know. Just, right. see, just gotcha. a, as a trial run. I don't know. Just a thought. But let's take our break. When we come back, we're talking two ninety five. So hang back. Um, hang on. Hang. I'm sorry. Hang tight, and we'll be right back.
quick break. Well, we've talked uh, to death about the uh, state of the UFC. We've talked about what's coming up. Let's talk about what's really coming up this week uh, at Madison Square Garden. Big time UFC event. They are back in New York City, um, back at MSG, the uh, the Mecca, as they call it. The uh, most important, I would say the probably the most important important sporting uh, venue, indoor sp- sporting venue, you'd say, probably in uh, North America, right? I mean, is that fair to say? Is that maybe a little hyperbolic? No, you could. Okay, well. Either way, it's a uh, let's see what we got. Our main event for the for the uh, for this card coming up is uh, Yuri Prohaska versus uh, Alex Bejeda. Poetan. Um, Yuri Prohaska coming off of an injury, long standing injury, injured his shoulder, and this dude has not lost in fucking eight years. He is a. Uh, I mean, he's beaten some ass. I mean, he is and. I, I, Errol, have you watched this dude fight yet? Have you seen any of his fights? Yeah, yeah, no, I watched it a couple. It's a, it's, it's scary. Um, it's bizarre. It's very strange. Right. Um, um, he only has three fights, by the way, in the UFC. If you can believe that. And even then, I'm still no. I feel like every fight, I'm worried for Alex Bahada. And I don't know why he's been tested. He's done it. He's a he's a fighter. But still, every single time, I'm like, I don't know. You you really like him? He's he, you're a fan. I I am, but at the same time, I feel like no matter what, so no matter what, I feel like he's always the underdog. I don't know why, dude. He's well, yeah. I mean, sometimes he is. I I don't know. It's I, the two Adesanya fights. I think he was the. Um, he was the favorite in the second fight. Right. Yeah. Actually, exactly. you know what? No, no, that's not true. I think he was also the underdog even in the second fight. But he, he because he was beat winning. him every single time. What do you mean? He beat him before that too. He beat him in the kickboxing thing, and then he yeah. beat him in the one, and then he beat him again. Yeah. No, he didn't. He he lost the second fight. Oh, oh, oh yeah, no, he did. Yeah, he yeah, got knocked yeah. out. Remember yeah, that was he, he got knocked yeah, out. He, yeah, sorry. Then he shot the bow at his son. Well, that, that was so crazy because it was well, what's so crazy about that is that he, um, so he was losing the uh, first fight too, even though he got that fifth round knockout, and that was in New York City as well, by the way, at MSG. Um, their first MMA fight, which that was uh that fight was fucking crazy because Izzy was winning that fight. Any in Izzy, if you don't remember, Izzy almost finished him in, at the end of the first round. Like fucking rocked him. If he had any more time left, I think he would have finished him in the first round. And I think then that's Izzy, almost why I'm why I'm misremembering it. Yeah, yeah, because Izzy was beating his ass that fight. I mean, well, I, I shouldn't say that it was a very close fight, but he was definitely winning, winning ever. I think he won at least three of the first four rounds, and then was. Probably, if I remember correctly, winning the fifth too until when Pajeda poured it on, it was fucking over. Um, but uh, yeah, so then he got then obviously he comes back and gets knocked out by Adesanya in the rematch, um, in the second round, which was a wild event. And then, uh, but he's he's since come back and he beat Jan Blahovich. Now we've got a title fight, it's in MSG. Um, super fascinating matchup. Uh, their styles, I mean, here's the here's the stat that here's what I think. 
let me run down this card. You've got Yuri Prohaska, Alex Pajeda. You've got Sergey Pavlovich versus Tom Aspinall. You got Matt Mackenzie Dern and Jessica Andrade, Matt Frivo- Matt Frivola, uh, and Benoit Saint Denis, uh, Diego Lopez and Pat Sabatini. I'm here to tell you, I think you got five fucking finishes right there. That's how good I think that I actually think this is a fucking sneaky good card. Um, which of those fights is standing out to you, Errol? I mean, in, from your perspective, what do you think is the uh, what's the money one? What's the money fight of the night? I think you're muted, bud. Oh no, for two ninety five. Yeah, for two ninety five on that main card. What's your what's your uh, What's your fight of the night? What are you look, most looking forward to seeing? Is that main? Is the main event the one? No, it really isn't. Ooh, okay. What's what's your pick? Tomain. I'm going. Uh, yeah. Switch and Aspinall. Let's uh, talk about it. I like when. Uh, I mean, honestly, anytime you put that much weight in the ring, it's just uh, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, and well, it's also. Did you? Here's a stat for you. Both of these guys together, um, they have the. Both of them are like number one and number two on the the fastest um, finish time or fastest yeah. or least amount of octagon time per, on average. Right, it, and they haven't met yet, if I'm not mistaken. Right? No, they have not fought. They have not fought. Right, before. exactly. Like that's how do you, how does that happen? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be wild, man. It's, it's just too bad, wild. people. Yeah, <laughs> just too bad. It's gonna be fighting. it's gonna be fireworks. And dude, like. Sergey Pavlovich is like he's like four inches shorter than Jones, than John Jones, but he has the same reach, the same reach. Like he has like an eighty-six inch reach. Mm-hmm. Like he's built like a fucking silverback. Um, and he has got like I think he's got I think he's got six first-round finishes in a row. And uh, I, I I don't know, man. That 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 fight's interesting for me. It's like I love Tom Aspinall. I don't know if you've watched any of his interviews. He's like one of the most likable guys. He's just like this fucking super uh, self-deprecating, hilarious Brit who's just, I mean, he's super talented. He's like, he, he moves like a, he moves like a welterweight. He's got great striking, unbelievable ground game, good submissions. Um, just a very, very unique and like new age. Um, I'd like to see him and Gon fight. That's not him versus Cyril Gon would be an interesting matchup, just the way they move for heavyweights. Um, but I will say, I got a bad feeling. I think I think Pav, I think Pavlovich is like he's just a marauder. Like he's just he's just coming in there to decapitate. Like that's just what he does. He just when he comes in, he is a fucking terminator. Like he just comes in, and when he's when he's like locks in on the target, he just finds a home. For everything he throws, and I, I think it's going to be a fucking bloody fucking mess. I think it's going to be a one way or the other. It's going to be. I was going to th- say, but you think when he uh, when he locks in, it's it, if they were if they're sorry if they're to just like both stand there. Yeah, if they're going to trade in the pocket, I'm going to take Pavlovich. I just think he's got just he's just got fucking power. He's got like Francis and Ganu power, where it's like this is why he's getting finishes. Is like once he connects, like. He's just if he connects clean once, he knows how to finish a combination and get you the fuck out of there. Whereas Aspinall, um, Aspinall's got great finishing power too, but it's more so that he knows how to get you to the ground, and then you know his submission game is is next level. Like 
his ground game and his submission game are are what has got him to the dance at this point. So, I mean, it's going to be curious. I'd like to see Aspinall play it at length um, and try to stay on the end of his punches and kind of pitter-patter and try to take the fight into the deeper rounds and maybe tire out Pavlovich and try to wrestle. And if he gets in close, maybe do some good clinch work. That That's, I think, his path to victories. Um, decision victory in this fight, which would be unheard of because, they, like I said, they both just never – they almost never get out of the first round. These two, these fucking heavyweights throwing down, man. Um, fascinating, fascinating matchup. I'm just, I'm very curious to see what goes down. Um, circling back to that main event, though, um, if I can be honest with you, I, I know that you're worried for Pajeda. I think he's going to get a finish. Hmm. I think he's going to blow the doors off of Yuri Prohaska. Oh, damn. Yeah. I've, I've watched all three of his, uh, of Prohaska's, um, first fights. Stu gets hit a lot. <laughs> it's EA. It's not the person you want to get hit by. This is not a guy who you – yeah, like you <laughs> – yeah. This is what I mean. Like, you can't get hit a lot. So that's the one thing, like I said, I'm I'm always – I always feel like he's the underdog. I'm always worried about him. It, and it's because a lot of his stuff seem it's so calculated. Like, it's so – he it never is. rushes anything and it's like in the ufc like the second you're like just get him kill him do it now please and like he he never does that like he's never he's always just like it's always like he's in there and he's just waging like him being more more like in there than his opponent you know what i mean like almost all of his fights like he's just like all right i got you i got you i'm ahead i got you i got you i'm ahead and then like just if if any worse comes to worse, I'm still beating you right now, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but like, and, but then he does have the finishing power too. Like when he does, this guy is so he's he is built like a fucking like a like an I don't even he's just he's I he's was saying built like this, an Aztec warrior. I well yeah well, I was I, I was actually gonna say um I actually think so this would be this victory would be an enormous one because this would give him a second division championship in the UFC in a matter of five fights, which is incredible. Like that's an incredible achievement, right? But more so than that, he also was a two division champion in glory kickboxing. So you're talking about a guy who wins two belts in two different organizations in two different sports. (laughs) I'm going to bring it up again. That's baddest man on the planet. (laughs) Well, that's, well, here's what I was going to say, right? Okay. Listen, you good. I'm glad you went there because you, you were talking, you attach that, you attach that faux title to heavyweight. I think that that dude could move up to heavyweight and get a third belt. I don't know. Nobody's really talking about it, but like he has the size, he's got the frame for it. Like he definitely has the frame if he wanted to, because you know, he's going to, he cuts weight down to 205. Like, so you got middleweights 185. John, John Jones. John Jones. No, I'm talking about Pajeda. Right, that's what I'm saying. You're saying he, oh, he could uh, yeah, fight. Yeah, the problem is John Jones, right? Is you're that, saying he could – you 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 like Alex Pajeda versus – you like that fight. No. I'm not saying you're crazy. I, I think but I'm just John saying Jones, that's, that's what you're saying. I'm saying John – no, I think if John Jones is still in the heavyweight picture, I think he, he could rip that man limb from limb. Well, that, so I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be the one to say it because, like I said, I always think he's the underdog. But I was like, that's definitely the case in no. that fight. No, yeah. Well, but here's the. I don't know though, man. Like Jones is a <laughs> Jones is a career light heavyweight. That's where he's at right now. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. 
I mean, I think the wrestling of Jones is going to be a big problem. But here's the thing: like, I, what if what if it goes like this though? Pajeda wins this weekend, wins the light heavyweight belt, then he defends it twice or something like that, and and then moves up to to heavyweight, and Jones is gone. Like, imagine imagine Pajeda versus Pavlovich or Pajeda versus. Tom Aspinall or Pajeda versus Gone. Ooh, Pajeda versus Gone. Can you imagine? So that's what Jesus I was gonna say. Pajeda Gone, but I that's don't... a good fight. I think Gone. I think Gone has a good night. Nah, you're crazy, dude. No, no way, man. I don't at all. I think Pajeda, I think Pajeda could beat a lot of those heavyweights if he puts the size on correctly. I mean, he's a little bit older, but like heavyweight, you don't cut weight. And you just build muscle, and I think he, I think he could do it well. I don't know. It's the a problem product. I find I is like with heavyweight is it's just a lot of people who are naturally just husky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, they just don't want to cut weight. There's a lot of them. There's definitely guys that could absolutely make two hundred five. They just choose not to cut weight and deal with the exercise. But um, I mean, those are the two big fights on the card. Uh, you know, going down the card, Mackenzie Dern and Jessica Andras. This is Jessica Andras's fifth fight of the year so like she's been a little too busy for my liking and she's she's been finished three straight fights so i don't i don't see this going much better for her mackenzie dern is an assassin on the ground so i don't i don't i see that fight probably ending in a submission victory for dern but we'll see what goes on uh for vola and bsd benoit saint denis that that should be a barn burner as well uh for vola brings the fucking heat um from he's from new york too so um other good fights on the card. You got Jared Gordon, Mark Madsen, Tabitha Ricci versus Lupi Godinez. Um, Diego Diego Lopez and Pat Sabatini kicking off the uh, the main card should be a good fight too. That's that's a those guys are fucking unbelievable ground fighters. Should be a great little grappling match there, I'm sure. But that's it for UFC Net Two Ninety Five. Earl, you want to do our ranking? You want to dive into the rankings of the MSG um, greatest sports moments? You want to do it? You don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah, no, it's me. All right, well, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we are going to give our top five MSG sports moments of all time. Exactly. the world of MMA, big UFC card coming to MSG. MSG, what an iconic, an iconic, I mean, one of the pillars of uh, the sports universe in North America. I mean, just a uh, 
just an unbelievable um the garden i mean it is it's the place it's a it's it's a spot where history has happened time and time again um uh, in new york city it is you know well so home of the knicks home of the rangers unbelievable venue so historically new york has always been like one of the places to be just in the world so it's nice that um and for sports too it's really the epicenter for sports every especially recently every sport has two teams every major sport has two teams Mm -hmm. you know you got the brooklyn nets and the new york knicks you got the yankees and mets you got the giants and jets and then you got the uh the islanders and the rangers and you could even and the devils if you want to include them i was gonna say you could argue new england but they're not like based out of new york but either way um a lot of lot of no man new england is fucking boston they're in like fox right right yeah yeah but still a lot of chances to bring it home truth all right so um Madison Square Garden is a uh, it's an iconic place. It's been around since let's give a little background on it. It is uh it officially opened in do, 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 nine, uh they broke ground on construction October 29th, 1964. Um their previous locations 1879, 1890. Um I mean these were it was an indoor arena but they weren't really doing what they're doing now. Like, it wasn't the building that is today which was at its current location was opened on February 11th, 1968. Um, it is, uh, quite, I mean, here, are, here are all the tenants. Let's see. You got the Rangers who are still there. The Knicks who are still there. You got the St. John's red storm, um, the NCAA, uh, college team. And then the New York Raiders and golden blades, which is the, uh, that's a, those are professional ice hockey sort of major league. They're kind of like a feeder league. Um, so to speak, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's an icon, but aside from that, obviously the world of combat sports intersects with, with MSG quite often, um, between boxing fights and, you know, and obviously you've also got like the concerts and I mean, when an artist plays at MSG, they, it's like the, it's the apex of their career typically. Like, um, Billy Joel's had like a residency there forever too. He plays there all the time. Yeah, he has, I think he has like the highest, like grossing. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure because he he like owes the garden like like fifty shows a year or something like that. I don't maybe not that much, but he he plays. Yeah, like no, I'm, I'm pretty sure the the most uh, like grossing thing to ever happen at an MSG event was a Billy Joel thing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean he is the king of New York, so that's no surprise there. Um, so what we're gonna do is, uh, Errol, we're gonna go kind of back and forth the same way we always do with the ranking show. Um, we're going to do our top five. I mean, there's, there's been a pretty decent list of that. We've probably both done pretty good research on. Um, obviously we haven't been, you know, some of these we haven't even been alive for. So we're just going to kind of rank them in terms of what they mean to us or what, how we kind of perceive their significance in terms of the venue and the history of, uh, the teams or sports or moment in, in the pantheon overall pantheon of sports, um, it's going to be based on kind of our just just our judgment in terms of it's the significance of the event. So, Errol, why don't you kick us off? What's your number five? Number five is a uh, UFC two hundred five. Mm. Whoa, okay, that's that is a big one. That's a big one. That's a that's a huge event. That's the first uh, that's the first UFC pay per view event at uh, in New York State. That's and that is the, that's the reason why. Um, if you didn't know. Um, before that, for like a quite some time, at least while I was growing up, there was a big controversy, um, in hosting UFC fights at uh 
at Madison Square Garden to where like uh when I was in a I believe it was like sixth, seventh, eighth grade or so. Like um, so it'd be like uh, oh, I'm bad with years, but like around like a twenty ten or so. Um, it wasn't a New York didn't want to host a host UFC fights and stuff like that. They equated it to human cockfighting. Yeah, well. the M- there was an MMA ban basically in New York yeah. State for quite a while. So it was a. It's really cool to have uh, this go down there. But you know what it was? It's Conor McGregor. It's too much money for them to miss out on. You know what I'm saying? So they're like, "Fuck it, we'll ball." Yeah, it was too much sense there. Too mainstream. It was too. The sport had officially like had edged into like the. It had edged into culture way too much. It was too important. So triple yes. triple uh, title fights too. I mean, they really brought the heat on this one. Right. I mean, it's MSG first time. Yeah. Yeah. They brought. They had. So the card looked like this. You had uh, Raquel Pennington versus Misha Tate uh, kicking things off. You had Yoel Romero with that crazy flying knee uh, finish of Chris Weidman. Uh, you had Joanna Janjacek, uh defeating Carolina K- Karolitsky. Um, Kar- I'm sorry, Karolkovich. Jesus, I can't. I can't really pronounce the Polish names. I struggle with them. Um, but she she got the, uh, she got a decision victory there. Then you had the uh, ty- the Tyron Wood Tyron Woodley Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fight that went to a draw, right? That was a majority draw. So um, majority draw that that led to the second fight where I think uh, Woodley won the second fight. And then of course you have the Conor McGregor Eddie Alvarez. I contend to this day I've always said Conor McGregor that night um, was like I think he was. That's like the pinnacle of like athletic performance. I think. I think it's like it's among the top, the among the greatest athletic performances I've ever seen. Um, just because of, it's not to say that he's. It's not to say, and obviously this isn't true. You know, I, I mean, it's tough. A lot of, it's tough to say. You don't want to. You don't want to give McGregor more shine than his due, but like. What that dude was doing in the sport at that time was unprecedented and still really hasn't been touched to this day where he was just mowing everyone down. Yeah, and he did uh, He did literally uh, set the president. Truly. But then to go in and he, this is him doing what Volkanovsky was trying, just trying to do and going up from 145 to 155. And this he became champ champ uh, by knocking out Eddie Alvarez, who was in his prime at the time. Um. And he just beat his ass, man. <laughs> he just have you watched this fight recently? No. I mean, bro, he 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 beat his ass. I mean, it is a it's it is a pillar to post beating by McGregor. I mean, he I think he drops him like six or seven times. I mean, it was it was bad. This is the bad I mean, it could have been a bad night of the office for for uh, the underground king Eddie Alvarez, but uh nice nice pick. Anything else you wanna you wanna say about it, Errol, before we move on? Nah. All right. Well, we'll move into my number five. My number five is uh, the great one retires Wayne Gretzky, retiring a New York Ranger. Um, I mean, you kind of have to. It's got to be on your list. It's you know somewhere in there. It is. It is the end of. Um, what is the greatest athlete, the biggest gap? I've, I, this is how I've always described Gretzky in terms of, you know, I've, I've studied his stats a little bit and I'm not, um, you know, I wasn't around for the Gretzky era. I mean, I was, but I wasn't old enough to really understand the gravity of what the guy was doing. Um, 
all-time goals leader, which he might not be for much longer. It looks like Ovechkin's kind of like creeping up on his over on his life. Yeah, but uh, Wayne Gretzky and his brother will have, be the most scoring uh, sibling siblings of all time. How many goals does his brother have? Probably like six. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just any amount. Yeah, he, he has a brother <laughs> in the NHL, so he's one. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. Yeah, no, he there's no other. I don't. I don't even know his last name's Gretzky. Brent. He's got three. He's got Brent who played. Um, how many goals did Brent have? Let's see. Brent had quite a few. Jeez. No, he had one goal in the NHL. I'm sorry. These are all amateurs. Yeah, he was playing in the, in the other leagues. Yeah, he played with the Lightning for one season. And he got okay. So that's one for Brent. Um, Highest scoring brothers in the league. <laughs> He's got 895. <laughs> now. Family's got. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Gretzky look at, looks at his brother. He's like, nice. Nice. Add to the pile. He's like, it's not easy putting it on. Now you know. He's got a brother named Keith. Did not make the NHL. So I mean, he was in like the front office and stuff. But you know, to give I promise that is a stat that will never be beaten. What the the highest scoring goals? brothers? Oh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Or highest family score. You never know. You NHL. just never know. No, this. unless there's a, like a whole team, like they just grow grew he up has, together. <laughs> I never thought his his eight ninety four would be reached. But where's hold on? Let's see where Ovechkin's at. And if if uh, our buddy Dave Morrison's listening right now, he's screaming into whatever device he's listening to us on because. Of our lack of uh, immediate fucking. No, if we're HL. doing any, if we're doing he's like, hockey, we need Dave. I know. Well, the thing about Dave is like Dave to D- hockey to Dave is what baseball is to me. Like, it's just like it, it's savant level. Like, not to like, you know, I'm not trying to give myself the old shine here, but like, all these stats probably come to him like organically, like some of the uh, baseball ones do to me. But yeah, Gretz or uh, Ovechkin at 8:22. Okay, he's only 38. And Gretzky's at 894. Yeah, Ovechkin's gonna catch him, dude. That's fucking crazy. I and no one ever thought that 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 record could be touched. But young Ovi. Yeah. Well, he's not young anymore. 38. Um. But listen. Uh. Nonetheless, I mean, it, it was a little strange. I think, uh, even in hindsight, for a guy like me who, like, you know, I didn't watch hockey in the 80s because I wasn't fucking alive. But, um. It's bizarre to see Gretzky in a Rangers uniform because he kind of retired with the Rangers for some reason. And uh, I think he got traded there. He went to the Blues for a season and then he got traded to the Blues by the Kings and then um, went to the Rangers. Um, I think he signed with the Rangers, was only there for three seasons and then retired. And uh, it's just weird because he's obviously known as an Edmonton Oiler and an LA King and, uh, you know, predominantly. Um, But that's a big MSG moment. I mean, that was the day he retired was, you know, I mean, it was just the end of an era. It was like Michael Jordan retiring. I mean, how old was he when he retired? This would have been 99, and he would have, which would have made him what? Uh, 99, 30, not even 40 yet. Yeah, he'd have been 38. He'd have been Ovechkin's age now. So, you know, pretty remarkable. And obviously, I always say that he has like the greatest gap. Like, of, so every, every sport's got like their goat, right? They're, we were just talking about Khabib, having the argument about Khabib. For me, Gretzky has the biggest gap of any like number one player in a sport of all time between him and like the next best. Like you've got LeBron and Jordan, and the and people always have that argument. And you know, you got there's a million baseball is a little difficult because you have so many different positions, but like 
with with hockey, it's like you know you, the next greatest hockey player, and it might be Ovechkin. I mean, people people probably are making that argument, but for me, it's just like this guy has the the biggest space between him being you, the greatest you, and the next greatest is like you want to you want to know why or like how you can ascertain that he's legitimately like one of the best of the best like not like even being cliche and saying it is usually people say like he's the Wayne Gretzky of yeah they use him as like an analogy for like yeah the the, like he's yeah. like the best person to ever do it or that reasonably will do it what a fucking, what a fucking nickname his nickname is the great one like, like what, you know how you earn that? <laughs> being, being the best, being the absolute pinnacle. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's my number five. Errol, hit me with your number four. Go ahead. Number four. Uh, really low, and it's uh, I'm gonna be chastised for chastised for this almost almost as much as uh, I would be for uh, my ranking of uh the Shining. But it's uh when the garden was Eden. The first nineteen uh, seventies New York Knicks, New York Knicks win. Oh, the championship, yep. the nineteen seventy championship. Yeah, yep, you're over like the Lakers. You're take that's a great one. Well, you're hitting my uh, you're hitting my like. So we're gonna probably have to we're gonna wind up like crossing paths here, crossing streams because I've got a I've got a couple of these already that you're you're hitting there further up on my list. But um, interesting. Okay, yeah, that's that. I mean, once again, before our time, but extremely important to the history of the M- of MSG. Only a few years after it, like, kind of really opened up, uh, especially for the Knicks and uh, a great series too. If you look at these games, like. I've watched a little bit of the highlights for in prep for this over the Lakers, and it was a seven game series, and it was fucking tight. Like every game was close. I mean, a couple OT games in there. Uh, game seven, Knicks kind of took away with it, but man, um, what a really good series it looked like it was. Because it was like, I mean, there weren't any blowouts really until game six was a bit of a blowout for the Lakers, and then the Knicks went back to the Garden and won it in the Garden. Um, but yeah, special special moment for uh, for MSG and our beloved New York Knicks, who uh, unfortunately have not won a championship in a very. Are you a, are you a Knicks fan? No, I don't really like basketball. I fucking love basketball. You know, okay, so they won in '73 again. They have not won since. It's been it's been a stretch, brother. It's been a tough time for the Knicks fans, including myself. I am a Knicks fan. Um, Open. Uh, I'll publicly state that it's. It's. You know what? I'll join the bandwagon. I'm now a Knicks fan. Dude, why not? You know, New Yorker. It's uh, they're storied franchise. They've had some ups and downs. I mean, it's been it's been tough. Uh, they had a good run the last couple seasons where they've like really made some. Uh, I think they made the playoffs last year, and it's. You know, I don't follow basketball as closely as other sports, but you know, the Knicks. They 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 seem to be on the right path to like instead of having to rebuild and, you know, um, it's nice to see them kind of get things on, on track and it seems like they're, they're heading that direction. So, all right, well, let me hit you with my number four. So my number four is a little, it's going to actually be different. Um, so, so far we were, all of our entries are at least different. Um, Harold, your number five was UFC 205 McGregor defeating Alvarez to become the first champ champ. My number five was the retirement, the public retirement at MSG of uh, Wayne Gretzky, uh, the great one. Um, and coming in at my number four. Now, this one I considered bumping up to be a little bit higher, but um, be just because of how insane it was. I'm talking about the six-overtime thriller at MSG 
the Syracuse Orange, which is our our native, that this is where I actually live in in Syracuse. Um, the Syracuse Orange defeating UConn in the uh, in a six overtime absolute thriller. Errol, did you is this on your list? And did you did watch? They, this? Did they beat them? Did Cuse win the game in two thousand nine? Yeah, yeah. Yes, no, they crazy. did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yes, they did. Did you watch this game? I remember yeah, I watched no, this yeah, game in high school. Yeah, it, it was insane. I remember being. I in watched high school. it. I was at like Dave's house. I watched it. Yeah, it's it was this game went on so long. I believe it started midday. If, if memory serves me, I, I got to be sure about this. Hold on, let me let me see. No, this is a different game. I'm thinking of a different game that started in the middle of the day. This started late at night. This shit started. Yeah, at no, night. it started late at night because I remember like and it just went on. We and were on we and on. so we I was at Dave's house and we weren't watching it, and then we just kept getting updates and then we just like, kept oh, going overtime, yeah. double overtime, yeah. triple is, overtime. We're like, that's crazy. Then when it went into like quadruple, we're like, we should watch. This. Now you gotta watch. And then it was right. fucking septuple. And then fucking sex tuple. We're like, yeah. what the? Like, yep. someone's got to tire. Someone's got to go to bed. Yeah, this is this is absurd. This is the Devendorf era. I, I'm not. I would like to see what time the game ended. It must have ended at like three or four in the morning. I mean, or two in the morning or something along these lines. I mean, six overtimes. It's it's widely considered to be like the greatest basketball game ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Orange winning the game began at 9:36 p.m. and ended at 1:22 a.m. Um, the next day, so spanning almost four hours of basketball. I mean, an iconic game. It was in the B- Big East tournament too, so it's not. This is not an insignificant like regular season game. This is a big game, which is why I think it was at MSG. It was March Madness, and this shit just went on and on and on. And they only scored in the. F- Let's see, they only scored between the two teams. They only scored twenty four points in overtimes four and five, and then MSG, and then. Um, you know the orange just said fuck it, and they put, they put their foot on the gas pedal and bounced the Yukon Huskies um, and Jim Calhoun. They sent him home. Um, I, it's an it's a monumental. I mix that up with a different. We used to watch so many. Uh, you know when you're in high school in upstate New York, um, the Syracuse Orange being in the Big East. Um, when the when the when the tournament's on, it's it's. I remember being it being on in every TV available in high school. So you get some of these games mixed up. But this game, I do remember, um, just being an absolute. It took over the sports world. I mean, it's just absurd, right? It's just an absurd game. Um, and it went down at MSG, and it's. I think a lot of people consider it to be like the greatest college basketball game ever played. Um, and. Uh, just, just an incredible achievement, and it was great to see. I, I, I wonder if I would have fixed, uh, if I would have, uh, if I would have picked it um, the same way if, if, <laughs> if Syracuse hadn't won. But SU did get the win, so nonetheless, it, it makes my number four slot. Errol, let's move on to the next one. Hit us with your number three. Number three is going to be the uh, WWE Championship. Mm. Oh shit, we're going to the, we're going to the professional wrestling route. Okay, what, what? Uh, you want to be a little more specific? Hit me. Uh, I do. It was uh, right when uh, Hulkamania started. It was uh, oh, when, uh, shit. when Hulk Hogan beat the Iron Sheik, I believe. It was like, I want to say 1984. I You would think I'd have this shit right up. <laughs> you would think. Hey, you're, a real, you're a real pro podcaster, I tell you what. Right. Give me, give me a second. 
Is this Red Hulk? It was. No, I'm right, dude. It was 1984. Let's go. Hey. Yeah, 1984, January 23rd, Hulk Hogan defeats the Iron Sheik at Madison Square Garden. That is the start of Hulkamania. That shit is still a thing to this day. Like, you don't need to be a wrestling fan. I'm not a wrestling fan. There's no reason why this should be on the list. But, like, you know, the Hulkster told me to do this because the Hulkster says, like, I know about that stuff just because of, like, the cultural, like, ripple that that had on everything. Oh, my God. Hogan was, Hulk Hogan is one of the most important American, like, figures. He, like, is, like, America. Like, like a cliche American person to, like, the world. Just, like, I must say, though, I I got, well, you got, you got to say the Iron Sheik, though, like, RIP, man, like, also a legend. He, just, I think right. he just died. He just died. Like, it takes, it takes a, it takes a, a legend to make a legend. You know what I mean? That's the only reason why that was so big. I want to see. I'm actually watching the video now, and like, what a match! And, and the camera angles are so funny too. Like, this is how they filmed it back then. It was like you didn't get like the far out shots. You actually had to have the camera like right up against the right. uh, under the ropes. Um, this so is back I when almost, it was WWF too. I mean, I almost. Oh, awesome. I almost I almost chose the uh, like uh, it's not the hell in the cell, but the other thing like the uh, they made like a, the the other cage match. Oh, was this was the elimination chamber the original? Yes, that was the was no, that so MSG. Helen Hell in the Cell was the original, but the elimination chamber was MSG, and I almost thought about putting that one. No on way, it. was it really? Yes, it was. Yes, the first it was. One? Yes. Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. The first elimination chamber was in MSG. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna double check you. So, because I thought about 2002, that yeah, be 2000, Triple H, Triple H, come on. I told you, dude, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a mega fan. I'm not even a, I don't even really watch the stuff. But I'm, I'm telling you, dude. Oh, I, I was a huge fan back in the day, and my I, I actually, was, dude, my brother had every single fucking wrestling action figure, every single one. He was a dude, wrestling fanatic, didn't care. Well, I'll tell you this, I, I was watched, like, that shit's fake. So I, didn't I care. saw the first. I saw the first Elimination Chamber in uh, live. I watched it live. Oh, I, I, I did it too. You were in MSG. You were God. I, well, I wasn't. In, no, no, no. I wasn't in person. No, no, no. You oh, you just watched it. Yeah. No, I watched it. Yeah, I watched it on um, on pay per view. But I'm trying. Yeah. To it wasn't. Uh, hold on. November. Yeah, you're right. You're fucking right. November seventeenth, two thousand and two. Oh shit! You are absolutely right. It was an MSG. I remember this. I actually just rewatched this recently, um, just for fun on my phone. Um, and uh, when he, when when Shawn Michaels finishes Triple H, yeah, like oh yeah, they start. Each one starts in the cage. Yeah, yeah. This was this was pretty amazing. Yeah, and then F5 and then like and all then the confetti. Goals. Like he finishes Triple H, right? I think he, I can't remember how he gets him. He hits him with the sweet chin music, right? Obviously, because that's. That's the old that's the old Shawn Michaels. It's about the sweet chance. Probably did likely if I had a bet. And then like I remember I remember when he wins, like all the confetti starts pouring down over the, the chambers and like the, the whole cage and whatever. I mean it, it was an event. That was like the that was the heyday for me. Like I would say like two thousand, maybe nineteen ninety-nine to like two thousand three, I was all in. Like I was fucking all in. And uh what a moment. I mean, hey, that's a great pick, Harold. I mean, I would have picked the Elimination Chamber. Not, I no, guess, I, didn't, I didn't pick the. I picked the nineteen. I know, I know. I, I'm, I'm saying I, I, maybe over the Hulk, but probably not. Hulk's too. No, hard. because that's there is no Elimination Chamber True, without right. Hulkamania. Yeah, there is I'm no. That's a good. None of that. No, I'm with you. You I think you're right. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, my number three, we already hit it. My number three is uh, UFC 205, McGregor. That was my number three slot. Um, Errol, hit us with your number two. Wait, what's your number? What, my what number was three number? was 205, UFC 205. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we already, yeah. we already yeah, kind of talked about that. Yeah, we flip-flopped it. Yeah. Um, my so, number two, yeah. what's your number two, the fight of the century. Hmm. Now I'm real curious about your number one because, uh, okay, yeah, for fight of the century – um, genuinely put MSG on the map. Put oh, like, sure now, I don't want to say did. put boxing on the map because it's always just it's it's like the under it's like the undertone of like almost everything. Like just the toughest person. Like boxing's always going to be like a uh, it's always going to be like one of the more respected things, no matter what. Like even to this day, let's be real, boxing's like more respected than the UFC. Like to the point yeah. where people are segue segueing into boxing. Is. Yeah, it definitely. I, I do I'm, believe so. It's it's well, they're the, just uh, better. They're better it's paid. The sweet, and, it's and the they're sweet more science. Respected. Yeah, respected is the right way to because it's just so much more historic. It just has these like, yes roots. Pugilism is just it's like yeah. it, can you just outbox someone like not like be oafish and tackle someone because that's the thing too. If I'm fighting someone, I'm about boxing, bro. I'm I did too. I did just enough wrestling and I did just enough uh uh jujitsu where if i have to fight someone i'm not boxing man you could just get knocked out but that's right. being a gentleman and just standing up and be like yeah that can happen to me but i won't let it happen you know what i mean like that kind yeah, of yeah i mean it's just, it's just like especially like this era of boxing is just it's so different and it's so much faster and more like i feel like guys were just kind of going if, it really seems like they were going for it more and a little, I mean, obviously I think it's because the sport has, the science of the sport has just evolved across. Well, decade the thing, decade. the thing it is people, people recently, like you're just, you're born into it. Like you're, it's, you're fighting a lot of like juniors and like just people who are raised into it. It's a lot not more like, amateur um, fights, right? It's it's not like our uh, like the first podcast like you know like Sonny Liston you're not just getting someone or like because you know it does happen like Francis Ngannou you just get a person who's been shoveling sand their whole life or you get like a you know right exactly or you get a um, a Sonny Liston who is just a born like just plowing you know acres of land who is just like a big bad person like they're but like for the most part you can just be born into a family who wants you to box and you could do that your whole life. Uh, so uh, um, Floyd Mayweather, boxing his whole life, right? Uh, can't necessarily read. Doesn't matter. He's the best boxer ever. Like it, while you were focusing on reading a book, he was just beating someone's ass. Yeah, like, I mean, you can't beat that. I mean, the word genius can it, it just has a, it, it can be applied to any domain. You know, it doesn't. But I'm saying, but what I'm what I'm saying is like if you if you if your family isn't willing to like sacrifice like this isn't that over that like they they were in like his case to where like. You know, like they're like, hey, you're not going to go to school and you're just going to fight someone. Like, how do you how do you match that off of uh, just like pure skill and uh, like dedication? Like if like he literally dedicated his in the entirety of his life, the in like you while you were messing around and like fucking uh, learning like division, he was just learning how to fucking fold someone in half. Yeah. Yeah, an incredible, incredible sport. Let's well, let's talk about the fight of the century. I mean, what do we got? We got we, you got the meanest man got the versus baddest the baddest boy. man. That's right, Joe Frazier. Joe, that's that's Joe Frazier versus Muhammad Ali in probably what is billed as the the quote unquote fight of the century, or simply well, known so, as the fight. Yeah, it's it's the fight is what it is. The it's fight, just yeah. the fight. 
The biggest boxing match in history, and arguably the most uh, anticipated and publicized and publicized sporting event of all time. I.e., the uh, everybody knows the, this one, man. I.e., the first fight that I'm I would never want to ref. Yeah, because it was tight, man. And I'm watching. Well, I'm no, watching I'm, not, I'm just not getting now. between those guys. Yeah, well, but it's up. Well, yeah, okay. I guess referee. I'm thinking more along the lines of judging. Like this fight was. Oh, judged. I'm thinking on the lines of like, all right, guys, break it up. I mean, they are excellent. And I'm as I'm sitting here. I mean, I guess I'd have to watch the fight pretty closely and probably watch it a couple times. But from what I can see, it's a lot of. I I see Frazier just doing the better work, and he does get the victory. It's 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 a big victory for uh, Joe Frazier over. Arguably the greatest. He's, he comes lived. at him. He comes at him like a dog from the start. He comes at him gnarly. He's like twitching. He just got him on the back foot a lot. Like yeah, as I'm, as I'm kind of coursing through the fight, like he's just constantly putting Muhammad Ali on the back foot. Um, which let me see if this was uh And there is literally under a handful of people that would be able to do that, like in history. Like you know what's crazy? This is the that was the first that was Muhammad Ali's first loss. He had he had uh, Muhammad Ali had as we talked about before had uh, had finished uh, Sonny Liston um, had beat him twice had beaten Floyd Patterson had beaten Cleveland Williams yeah Floyd Patterson Gary- though let's grow up <laughs> I mean he <laughs> good wins but when he ran into let's Joe Frazier Joe, Joe Frazier had something else for him that night I mean he you, he you give you give you re- you resurrect Floyd Patterson and then you give me two years. I'll, I'll fight him. You're gonna need a lot longer than that, my friend. <laughs> no, I won't. I'm I telling you, if I could just drop everything with every with how it's how the sports evolved, but you tell oh. you put me against Sonny Liston. Well, we were just talking. Listen, we were just talking about like uh, avenging losses. Okay, so check this out. If I'm gonna play a little game here, as I'm looking at the real resume of uh, of of the greatest of all time, Muhammad Ali. If Ali. Muhammad Ali, Cassius, Clay, formerly known as Cassius Clay, if he had just retired after the second Leon Spinks fight, which Leon Spinks is arguably the greatest fighter of all time, he is someone. He's another person. We we all almost could have talked about Leon Spinks for the first episode. We we should. I mean, Leon Spinks was no. I'm saying like we could have opened up the whole podcast with Leon Spinks instead yeah. of doing Sunny Liston, which it, honestly he fought you- he fought Muhammad Ali and beat him in his seventh pro fight. No, his eighth pro fight total. Mm-hmm. His eighth pro fight. Jesus Christ, he fought. I mean, he, it was an aging Muhammad Ali, but but here here I want to finish out my state my stat here. If Muhammad Ali in 1978 when he fought Spinks for the second time, if he had beaten him, or I'm sorry, if he had retired that night and just beat he he would have had the. I mean, he's still the greatest of all time, even re- regardless of this of this stat. But if he had just hung it up that night, he, he had lost to Spinks. And then came back the next fight. They rematched, and he was thirty six years old, so he wasn't super old yet. And just re- and and he he beat him. Comes back and beats him by un- unanimous decision in the second fight. If he had done that, he would have had avenged all three losses because he lost to Joe Frazier, fought Joe Frazier again down the line much much later. Like down um, goes Frazier. 
Like, yeah, like three. Yeah, that's the down goes for. That's where the right. rope dope comes back from. at MSG too. They fought again at yeah. MSG, so we got another fight. And this is uh, this is like a year and a half later. So, but God, they fought so much. Holy shit! They, no, not a year and a half. This is uh, almost three years later. But Jesus, he's got like three years in three years since the first the Frazier uh, loss between the two Frazier fights at both at MSG. Across three years, he fought one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, thirteen fights in three years. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah, pace. That's, I mean, a, that's yeah. Those guys fought so much, but like, so he lost to Joe Frazier first time, avenges it three years later. In between those two fights, he loses to Ken Norton, but avenges it immediately after with an immediate rematch. So those both both two losses both avenged. Um, he fought, he fights Joe Frazier in the trilogy for some reason in the Philippines, they go to the Philippines for the trilogy fight, uh, beats him there too. Um, so he actually not only avenges the loss, but then wins the trilogy. Um, it doesn't look, he gets, he, then he gets Ken Norton again at Yankee stadium for, for another trilogy, right? So he avenged it. So they move into another trilogy at Yankee stadium in 1978. No, I'm sorry. 76. And he wins that trilogy. So now he's, he's not only avenged his two losses, but he's also gone into a trilogies for both of them and won the trilogy. So he avenges it, which cancels it out, but then he wins the trilogy to truly stamp it down. Right. Then we get to 1978. He's 36 years old. He's fought fucking almost 60 times professionally. He runs into Leon Spinks. Leon Spinks wins a split decision. They run it right back, and he beats Spinks. And man, he should have just—he should have either just went into that trilogy fight or retired because then he loses two straight. Um, one to Larry Holmes and one to Trevor Burbank. Um, which, I mean, still he's still the greatest of all time, right? Muhammad Ali. Okay, okay. So I'm gonna need your honest opinion. Well, while well, just have your time. Sure. Who's winning? Prom or sorry, sorry, the prime Muhammad Ali versus uh prime Mike Tyson. Oof. Jeez. I feel like you can tell a lot about a person from this answer. Muhammad Ali, bro. Muhammad but Ali, bro. But no, I, I I can tell that you have the opposite. But in a press conference, Muhammad Ali was talking wild shit about Mike Tyson's pigeons. <laughs> oh, that's the caveat. <laughs> yes, that is that is the prime time. Like that is the main thing. He's like he's dumb and he talks to birds. He's a stupid. He beats as his ass more now. I think he beats his. You think he? The, you think he embarrasses him in front of his pigeons? <laughs> I think he gets Mike all fired up and Mike goes in there fucking with his, uh, I think, I think Mike drops his guard cause he's trying to, cause he's, he's just trying to take his head off. He gets him all pissed off cause he's on a fucking crack bin. Dude, I don't know, man. I don't think, I don't think Muhammad Ali seen that kind of shit back in his day. Yeah. I don't think he did. That's what seen, I'm saying. You ever you see should... Mike Tyson do the, like he's walking out to like, he walks out to like, it's not even music. It's just like it's like uh, jungle sounds. Or no, he there's one time he walks out to jungle sounds. There's another time he walks out to like just all this industrial eququipment, like the sound of industrial equipment just clanking Who does that? steel. For what? Fucking mind what? games. So that's so here's what I'm saying. Like with Muhammad Ali, you see him lose his first couple fights, 
and you see him win the other one. You see him win the after. You see him redeem himself, like you're saying. I don't think he wins the first instance with one Mike Tyson. I don't. I. I. I am on. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't watch a lot of boxing. I really don't. I prefer the UFC. Um, it's not something like I grew up with, but I think Mike Tyson in a just like boom teleport. Woo, this dude's talking shit about your pigeons. Yeah, I'm talking shit. He wants pigeons. I'm gonna beat his ass. <laughs> and he's like, nah. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, nah. I think he's. It's just a. It's a because you're basically asking. It's an impossible question to answer. Exactly, a hundred, a hundred. Because you've got you've got Muhammad Ali, who is like not a power punch. You got two completely different styles. I mean, it's a fascinating fight, and it's obviously a fantasy matchup because like Muhammad Ali is clearly like he's a somewhat power puncher at heavyweight, but heavyweight just means something a lot different back then. A and B, you've just got like he's a tactician out there. Like he's, I think skill for skill, Muhammad Ali is probably a. Better he, boxing, he right? you're, you know he he absolutely is because here's it's the thing like as great as great as in like um it is like a Mike Tyson is like the icon that he is he if you look at his record man he's not it's not like lost a lot it's it's not goat status but like here's the thing you see that guy in a dark alley dude like I don't like it's not I even that. It's just like I don't in know his, what it is about leading him. up to like his losses, like his prime. Like prime Mike Tyson is like probably the greatest boxer alive. So I guess if you're going prime for prime, you might be right. It might be Tyson. It might be Tyson because he was just a just a marauder, just just taking heads, just taking scouts. It was he he turned boxing into like not boxing. Like he he made it to where like it didn't matter how like. If you see like just Tyson, like it, like look at a Tyson highlight versus anyone else's, it's just him mauling someone. He's not boxing him; he's just killing him. He's just he's just beating he's just him up. People. Yeah, he just mowed people down. He mowed people down until he ran into Buster Douglas, which was like that's why people yeah. were comparing the Engano Fury fight to like the Buster Douglas fight. And it was like, no, the Engano thing is way more unlikely and impressive because oh Buster my god, Douglas, oh my god, because was a boxer. He's a boxer. He's an actual he, he guy who boxes. Boxed. Yeah, he like boxes for like he, he, he has a, a professional man. career. Yeah, yeah. Ngannou is like a fighter, but not. This is not what he does. The pace, the pace is just totally. The cadence is different. You're looking like we we're saying before. You're looking for different tells. That's why we didn't think it was that good. We were like, it's cool that it's happening, but we didn't think anything like this was gonna happen. What Ngannou in the future? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah we're no, talking no, about it. No, There's no. different tells you're looking for. You can do a hip twitch if you're. a you know what I mean? You'd be, oh, yeah, shit. it's just, it's just. It, it, I mean, he was, a, he just brought the right amount of like awkward, and I mean, Tyson got knocked out by Buster Douglas too. That is, but, but, but once again, Buster Douglas, professional boxer. Um, no, Tyson, I don't know, Tyson Maali. That's a great uh, question. A lot of people ask that question, but you know, I mean, Tyson was forty-five and one leading into the Holyfield fight, and man, he could not beat Evander Holyfield. Yeah, but th- th- that's the thing, though, Evander Holy. That's no people say. Fate. People say that say this, and like I've kind of, I'm not a historian of uh, of boxing necessarily in any real way, but like according to like resume for resume, bro, Lennox Lewis might be the greatest fighter ever. Like Jesus Christ, man. 42-1-1, one, one, 41-2-1. and one. It's just, it's hard. The sport Yeesh. has evolved so much. It's so hard to compare guys across different generations because you just have like, I mean, you guys like, you got guys like Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray Robinson who fought. Right. 
that dude fought like 180 times. Like this is, it's just not possible to, it's stupid to compare. But that's, a, I, I think it is, I think it is really good. Uh, cause that's the thing. Like, you know, you put LeBron James back when like basketball started, it doesn't matter. Like, cause he's just going to break the they, rim. You know where they don't play these, like kind of like who's these goat games. I call them is hmm. in baseball. And, and you know why they do that? They, they have like, they have something called in baseball. They have like, so in 1968, um, they moved, they the stopped ball. doing steroids. No, well, well, yeah, no, well, that's a good example. They have like the steroid era, so they put like they put things into the into the categorical boxes that they belong in baseball. Like you have the steroid era, so you kind of know who you're talking about and what stats you're talking about. Where like you got guys like Barry Bonds, who is like intentionally walked 180 times in a year. Or <laughs> like I'm not letting like, this dude. Like I'm not fucking pitching to him. I won't do it. He's hitting fucking. He's hitting 380 right now. I'm not. I'm not fucking doing it. So you got all these pitchers who were just refusing to pitch to bonds and intentionally walking him. And, and then like, he had a bunch of hit by pitches and shit. Like, and then you have like, uh, you have, um, then in 1968, they moved the mound back. So they made like, because like you had guys like fucking Bob Gibson who were like going out there, he pitched for the Cardinals. And like, this guy was just like, he had, he had like the lowest ERA in a season ever. It was like 1.2 meaning like, you know, earned run average, like, Per nine innings, this is how many runs he gives up. And, like, baseball just does a good job of just being like, oh, Cy Young could never have struck out Barry Bonds. And it's like, we don't even play that game because, like, all of these – the sport Barry Bonds is, would have fucking killed it. No, we just don't even play that because there's – well, there's something called the dead ball era, which is like the – You've got a bunch of different eras. Like, yeah, just say, just say, Barry Bonds would have took him fucking home. He would not necessarily. No, you can't even. You, what? This is what I'm saying. We don't play this game because it's. Yeah, just, but it doesn't mean you can't. You don't think Barry Bonds jacked up ass on steroids? Cy Young's like, yeah, let me bro, hit you with the heat. And you're just no, like, Whoop. no, they used to fucking. They used to throw something called a spitball because they could get away with it. They'd spit on their fingers and like that shit would fucking dance all over the place. Nobody could hit it. This is why guys like fucking Cy Young were out there striking out 4,000 guys. Like, and then you had like, I mean, there's all kinds of errors. You had the integration era too. Like there was like when all of a sudden now black people and, and Latino people can play. Um, so like that made a big difference that changed the dynamics of, of the sport in like a very, very important way. But like baseball, this is why baseball is the greatest. In my opinion, the live ball era, you have, okay, let me pull it up. Yeah, they're all coming to me. Let me put them in order. So, like, we do on in the world of baseball, we do an excellent job of ensuring that we don't that we separate the different eras of the sport. So people, so you have context for what stats mean. So they mean something different. So, like, when Mike Tyson goes fifty-seven and eight. That's different. Than, and then Tyson Fury in the next era goes. He's thirty-three and zero. And that and Floyd's fifty, you know, that means something different than Rocky Marciano going seventy five and eight, or Sugar Ray right. Robinson going one hundred and twelve, and or Harvard because arguably those two, like you said, like the stats are technically worse, but uh, you They're could t- argue Rocky Marciano is like the greatest boxer of all time. That's what I mean. It's just like different eras. So like in baseball, well, and that that's kind of what I was gonna say. I was textualized. You, you have to have respect for what people do during their era because you can exactly. only do what you can do. Right. So like, yeah, you had guys. So like, for instance, like um, it's when guys break, break records from like the olden times. So like, I'll give you an example in baseball, like in the dead ball era, you had pitchers who would pitch. 
you got guys with these like incredible records. They would throw fucking I don't know, like they would they would throw a thousand more innings. I don't have an exact stat in front of me, but they would throw like a thousand more innings than the average player across their career or or more. They would two uh, you know one to three thousand more innings than like somebody in the who pitched in the nineties, and that's because these fucking guys would pitch every three days, whereas now they find out that like you can burn your arm out and they, they have these surgeries and Tommy John surgery. And now guys don't throw There's stats that you like literally can't beat. They're just not going to happen. Like the body doesn't evolve. And well, they've got like, so guys would go out there and they would, they would take something off their fastball. Like they go out and pitch and they pitch for, you know, instead of trying to throw their meanest fastball down to strike somebody out, they would save their fastball. They take a couple miles per hour off and maybe they take as much as like six or seven so they could pitch in three days without blowing their arm out. Whereas like now guys are just like, I can't even make it to the majors unless I'm throwing 98, 99. So I'm, I'm bringing it and I'll blow my fucking arm out, but I'm going to pitch less. So like these stats mean something a lot different, like the live ball era and the dead ball era mean two different things. And then you have the integration era, which is like, obviously the, you know, the color barrier being broken in the sport. Then you have the expansion era, which is uh, when they're, they're, they, they changed the, uh, they added more teams. Uh, I believe they added more leagues and they moved the mound back somewhere in there. The free agent era, which is when guys started going, you had big markets picking up big names. And you had the steroid era, which is everybody knows what that is. And then the contemporary era. So like these, the, this stuff is all broken down in baseball. Whereas like, if you do that shit in bat in boxing, it's like, Everybody's trying to have the argument, but it's just it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's just a silly argument because, like, yeah, could could we envision what it? I think like? it, I think it's just like easier to do with boxing because it's just punching. Like, yes, who it's could too, who it's could individual, it's who individual. would? Yeah, exactly. Who would beat him up? Who would actually beat the other person up if they were just fighting, fighting kind of thing? You know. Yeah, you don't quite need the context as much because you're really only just looking at one guy and like the evolution of the sport maybe not maybe isn't as obvious because it's not institutional evol- evolution, it's more like style and technique that evolves. Um, you know, whereas like baseball is like changing the dynamics of how the game is played. Like they're always changing. It's a lot it's a lot easier to uh um be nuanced on an individual level than yeah. what it is with a like a team sport. Like there's an ebb and flow when it comes to like boxing that like doesn't necessarily like it won't like crash as crazily and like there's not one person who's going to come along and just change like sports as we know it in a team sport like they might like do like really well and like be like a phenom but like you could be a just a spectacular individual in your like personal sport like in your contact sport or like fighting or whatever and just like cross generations or, or very rarely does it where right. like one it, it, athlete there's no, yeah, can be compared it's a, to any generation. Right. It's extremely rare. Um, all right, let's move. Let, we got to keep rolling because we're, we're going late here. Yeah, again. we're almost done. Um, you did number two? Your number two is yeah, Fight of the Century, almost, right? Yeah, okay, my number done. two, once again, uh, um, I'm just going to close out my list then because uh, we've already talked about both of them. My number two was this 1970 New York Knicks first championship, game seven over the Lakers. Um, we talked about it. It was a huge moment for the New York Knicks franchise and the uh, and MSG. I mean, only a few years after the uh, the venue opened, they they bring a they bring a championship title to to New York. Um, 
They went again in 1973, and they haven't been back since, unfortunately. But knock on wood, go Knicks. Let's see if they can get in there this year. I think they actually won tonight. Um, so, yeah, they beat the Spurs tonight. So, let's see. Maybe they maybe they can bring one back here in the next couple of years. They're doing, That's my they're, favorite team. Well, I, I, you are a long, a long-standing New York Knicks fan. A, a whopping – you are like a six-hour fan. Well, no, not even. It's actually, like a, no. Like a, like a six-minute like fan. Yeah, exactly. As of uh, forty-five minutes ago, <laughs> yeah, a storied, a story. It's been story. a roller coaster, I'll tell you. It's been a ride. It's been a ride. It, it's, it's been all, all. You know what's great though? So they only have two championships, so you've pretty much learned the entire history of the New York Knicks. I mean, right I'm there. I'm already there. <laughs> you already know everything. Flows and, and like, and it's all up. It's all been up. You got a roller coaster. The, you got to learn about the Patrick Ewing. The Patrick Ewing. Uh, the Patrick Chewing. The, the Patrick. The Patrick Chewing Ewing. Let me tell you that that era in the '90s, when he was fucking mopping dudes up on the. I on know, the, I know about Patrick. Patrick, what's up, Ryan? <laughs> that's my ringtone. That's a like, sol- That's a solid reference. That was my ringtone for. Ever. Oops, get dunked on by Patrick Chewing. Patrick Chewing. All right, hit me with your. Uh, hit, uh, that, and my number one was the Ali was the fight of the century. So. Which we just talked about. So let's let's close this thing out. Let's keep rolling. Errol, hit us with the number one. Number you one. Think it's something you think it's something we didn't talk about, dude. It's the endless game, and I'm gonna tell you why. Oh, oh I'm gonna tell you why one. that's the number one event. I'm gonna tell hey. you exactly why and why it deserves to be number one, and it easily is. All of the other stuff that we listed. What happened? A typical sporting event. This just exactly true. what you expected. Like it was the fight. It was 10 rounds. Oh, that was crazy. It was two giants, two Goliaths. What happened in the... Oh, he retired. We knew that that was going to happen. What happened in the next game? Oh, shit. It was an upset in this game? Fucking dude. Like I was saying, it was like fucking like four hours. It, never like, replicated, it was only a late game. Never replicated, never duplicated. Especially in the, in the, in the fucking dance, too. We're talking in the NCAA championship yeah tournament like this is big a big east tournament like dude so that's the thing that i i realized too recently you can do an endless game in in basketball you can do it in base theoretically if you just have a bunch of hitters playing around that day you could i think the record is like a 33 inning game they actually they actually had to stop it was like an it was a minor league game they actually did they did it they're like they're not going to stop smacking it out the park. <laughs> like, God damn it! The pitchers are too garbage. The I pit- walk them. The were walk them. Just, just, just walk them in. No, yeah, they literally, they literally had to stop the game, and they picked it up. Uh, they picked it up later in the season because, like, they were really tried to push it to try to finish. But anyway, continue. Yeah, but no, that's a. It's the one thing here that is like so atypical that like it just you don't see that in like a sporting event, no matter like how big. Or like how crazy and like the stakes were on the line. And like just with it being so close to home, I tried to I tried to play dumb earlier. I was like, oh what they want that? Because I didn't want <laughs> you said it you so me, early hey, on you had me fooled. I'm you going. said it so early on the list. I was like, shit, it's been number one. <laughs> You're also probably just like you piece <laughs> of shit. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that this was is amazing. I was like shit. sulking for a second. But yeah, UConn, they were like they're a powerhouse. They still are uh, more so a women's basketball now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But like I felt like it was finally like some like respect for like the area. I'm like, nice, you know, good on 
on them and like it, it was hard like- for a second everyone was watching that because it was the only game on it was the only thing going on and it was so crazy i feel like the you know at least the whole nation paused just for uh, college basketball and not only that but it was it's also like it's also very important that syracuse is a new york institution yeah happened to msg so it's like it'd be one thing if it was like oh kansas upsets villanova at msg right yeah like who cares but yeah would it no, being like, like it you wasn't know, that it's like it's almost like it was bigger than uh, it was basically you know, a home game for them even though they actually as home as as home as it could be but yeah, yeah I I hate to put that literally over like the fight of the century and like fucking the WWF championship. Preference. But yeah, no, that's I, it's like the only one I watched other than UFC 205, and that definitely had more significance because I I didn't watch the whole thing. I wasn't invested. Don't really like a uh, love college uh, basketball. But I was like, y- we were saying what the heck after like double OT. We're like nice triple OT. Like oh that's crazy quad. We're like all right that's quite crazy. And then we're like let's tune in and then you know. Quintuple, oh. sextuple. We're like, what the? I'm like, this is is fucking March Madness, dude. I'm like, this is madness. Evendorf. <laughs> you don't see. You just. I, I think Evendorf it's a, really fucking popped off in that game. I think he had like a solid thirty points. I think it's just a really spectacular event that um is not likely to be replicated as uh, often as like some of this other stuff. So certainly not. Certainly not. On that note, that's the rankings. Big time. Big time rankings. I mean, that we did justice to it. I mean, it really is. A, it's an iconic sports venue. And if you guys uh, listening are interested in uh, in the world of MMA, big time UFC 295 coming up this weekend at MSG, um, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Check out that pay per view um, on ESPN Plus. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a while. Listen, it's not the deepest card. It's not a great card, but. Mark my words, though that co-main and main event will they will supply you with some action. Yeah, that co-main event is going to be it's going to be there will be blood. Yeah, there will be fireworks, and there will not be any bastards and baskets. There will just be there will just be motherfuckers going to sleep. Um, so let's let's uh let's let's close things out here. We've got um, oh yeah, well let me finish this up. I want to throw these out there. We did not. We mentioned it maybe a little bit earlier. Quickly, Kobe dropping sixty one in the garden was big too. By the way, oh, yeah, um, the honorable mentions. And uh, and obviously, we, we already mentioned UFC two seventeen. GSP came out of retirement and submitted Biz, uh, Michael Bisming to become a middleweight champion, mm-hmm. which was also a big one. So, um, just want to throw those quickly out there. And we'll, did you have any honorable mentions? No, mine was like two seventeen was the one that almost made the list. Yeah, that one's good. That one's a good one. Um, but that being said, there's other there is other stuff that happened, but uh, you know, forgive stuff. me. There's there's non sports stuff historically that happened there too. Billy Joel, he yeah, was Billy there. Joel, you two, the Beatles played there. A lot of a lot of stuff like that. So, um, that being said, let's talk about what's coming up next. Uh, we won't. We'll skip the break. We're gonna go right to the to close out the show. Um, upcoming on the Peripheral Views podcast, we've got another one coming in 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 the works. We are going to jump back um, for the fifth time. We're, oh, I'm sorry, the sixth time, right? This will be our sixth film. I've got that wrong on the uh, document here. Um, this will be our sixth film. We're talking about a 2004 comedy culture classic. We're talking about Napoleon Dynamite. Um, we're going to talk about that film because it is a, an indie classic and an, a weird little film that kind of stands. I, I wonder if it stands the test of time. I've got to give it a couple of reviews. I've seen it a million times back when I'll it tell came you out. what, if it doesn't stand the test of time, it stands by itself. It's a phenomenon. 
it was a phenomenon, was it not? I mean, yeah, absolutely. It I've always a, heard, I've always heard uh, actors say that they know that their film is a hit when they, if they see their character out um, as a costume on Halloween. Like Mike Myers said that about Austin Powers. He was like, "Oh shit, this is a fucking hit" because he started seeing Mike Myers co- or uh, Austin Powers costumes everywhere for Halloween. Napoleon Dynamite certainly was that. Plus, everybody had to vote for Pedro T-shirts. Vote for Pedro was vote like for a, Pedro's yeah. everywhere. So, a cultural phenomenon of a film um, with a lot of, um, let's just say it's quotable. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's one place to start. But um, I'm going to give that a few watches over the next week or so, and I would imagine we'll probably have that out next week. After that, uh, Errol, what do we have on deck after that? What's 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 on the docket? Let me pull up the schedule here. Um, oh yeah the feet feats of uh oh right right so ah yes interesting let's announce that now so we've got napoleon dynamite coming in the uh the film series next that'll be the next addition to that november is going to be an interesting month because we're going to uh close things out with napoleon dynamite and then the follow-up we're, we're also going to try if errol gets his hands on uh killers of a flower moon we will like i said we yeah will the, the second that yeah we'll pencil that in as soon as he sees that we'll uh you know that's always kind of in the works um but in the meantime we've got napoleon dynamite coming up next and after that we are going to introduce a new series to the podcast it's going to be the history series we've been waiting to do it trying to find the right topic to kind of introduce the series this is going to be a perfect one because it's historical in the sense that we're going to kind of reach back across time and in probably some different regions. Um, it's going to take a little bit to build the, uh, the research compilation for it. Um, but we are going to be talking about historical achievements in the world of physical endurance. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to try human endurance uh, feats. Fe- we'll call it feats of human endurance. Uh, we're going to try to do some research and kind of dig out some of the craziest. Errol has an anecdote that we'll save for the podcast that kind of sparked our interest in this one about um, just the greatest feats that you can find in, in a historical context of um, humans achieving some crazy endurance. Um, what would you call them? Accomplishments, I guess. Yeah, um, just uh, like feats is a good word. Um, feats like is a, good because it's not always competitive. Sometimes it's just a right. It's just people know. trying to prove like what they can do and beat like a record. Yeah, push the body or the uh, or a skill set to like the utmost like degree. Them. Yeah, and, push uh, themselves. Mo- mostly centered around endurance. It'll probably be marathon running, weightlifting, things of this nature. Uh, we'll and try to find the, the most bizarre the context. Too. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, here's the thing, too. Like, I really like uh, that topic because, uh, like, there's a lot of times where, like, we'll even be doing this podcast and they'll be like, hmm, I'm kind of tired. I wish we could, like, you know, end this relatively soon because I'm sick of sitting down and talking. <laughs> and then you look at, like, some of these feats and it's like God someone, bitch. like, juggled pins for, like, 36 hours. And, like, you're like, <laughs> Oh, I can't like like you know lay down in bed and stay up for like eighteen without feeling yeah. tired. Like, nope, yeah, people stayed up for like six days without um, you know, without water just because yeah, like, like the, they wanted the to cult, break a record. The cult. Well, I'll tie this to the UFC two ninety five card, but Yuri Prohaska um apparently has as part of his training, he spends he locks himself in a pitch black dark closet for six days. He does the closet. He does the dark room thing. Yeah, six days. That's fucking crazy, man. I, I would lose it. I don't think I could do it. Um, 
Yeah, no, I feel that way sometimes too. Like I, I do like a cold water, uh, a cold water therapy, like, you know, a couple times a week where I'll, which is not the same as what most people do. Like people who are a lot stronger than, well, it's, it's not, I won't call it strength because I actually would do it if I had the resource. Um, I don't know how often I would do it, but I definitely would at least start to do it. Um, like cold water submersion. I can't really submerge. So what I do is I just, I do about three minutes max of cold water in the shower to like end a shower. Like when I'm done with the shower, you can get a, um, you can get an attachment for your shower and put like ice cubes in it. Oh, gee. Oh God. It's tough, but I do feel like I feel here's the thing that that gets pretty, that gets a lot easier. Like really fast. Oh yeah. No, I used to. I used to take. I used to take cold showers exclusively for a bit, just because I wanted to uh, strengthen my immune system. The first couple times it's really miserable, but then after like, and then it always it it sucks, and then it always sucks, but then it doesn't matter. And then the second you go back from it, it's like you're like, how did I ever do that before? But it's the same thing when you start. Like you just do it. It's also you also feel really good after. I mean, it it does a lot. For it's you. um the uh, you'll have the best sleep after. Like so, oh, like yeah. it's really easy to take a warm shower and feel like really snuggly, and then like go into bed. But it's another thing where you're like freezing from the shower, and you're like, I want to tuck in, and then like warming up from there. Like all you want to do is like go to bed, and then you're also like burning like energy too. Like so, you're like, well, let me tell you. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna counter you with this. I'm gonna, we'll leave the podcast on this note because I because I want to I want to walk away with a victory right here. I'm gonna take this. W on you. I'm going to drop this bomb on you. Okay. It's actually the inverse. The science actually shows the complete opposite of what you just said, um, which isn't, uh, it's not an, it's not a gotcha. Cause I thought, cause most people think the exact same thing you do, which is just like, you know, uh, it's what it does people. So what you want to do is achieve core body temperature for sleep. You like, and, and this is according to like the, the neuroscientist, Matthew Walker, who's like the sleep expert, right? Um, you want your core body temperature to, to dip to, you want it to dip when you sleep. You actually don't want it to go down. Right. And being that the case, you would think, oh yes, I'll take a cold shower and it'll drop my core body temperature. It'll make me cold and then I'll sleep cold and I'll feel good and I'll sleep better. It's actually the opposite. So like back in the nineties when people were using like MDMA and shit and they were um, like, oh, their like brains were overheating or their body was overheating from like the drug or whatever. And you, you know how this happens. Like people dehydrate because their body overheats and, and what people were doing at these raids and shit was that they were like dumping cold water on these people and then they would die. They would like truly dehydrate and actually overheat and, or, and cut and have like a stroke or oh, your body kicks into overdrive. It does no. It does yeah. It does the opposite. They would pour cold water on them, and that actually raises the core body temperature. Because what you're telling your body is that oh shit, I'm cold. I need to heat up. Think about what you're telling your body when you when you give it cold. If you expose it to an outside temperature, whether uh, and we'll use water in this case because it's just for the context. You're telling your body that you're giving your body an, an environment that's freezing cold. So your body's gonna do the exact it's going to counteract the cold water with an imp- an increase in body temperature and that's actually the opposite of what you want for sleep so that's why people um it's actually people have been getting it right you actually want to take like well some people just take like a warm bath you actually want like a really hot bath like you really you want it like un like almost unbearably hot and you're well, so is that what you do with someone on M- mdma yeah you actually would pre- it would be smarter to actually pour hot water on i mean 
In all, like, in all reality, you probably should just hydrate and just consume. They should probably just be consuming water. But Put like, him in, yeah, get them a blanket, though. Yeah, you'd actually want them to, like, you want to get them to, you want their body to, but it's hard to, I'm not going to make suggestions for people who are, you know. Jake, you told me to give him a blanket, he's dead. He's fucking dead, he's sweating. took a bunch, he was sucking on him. He sweat to death. (laughs) He was sucking on a pacifier and he died, it's your fault. (laughs) It's diaper time. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not going to make any recommendations on how to handle an overdose of MDMA or, you know, an overheating situation with MDMA. But uh, according to this, this research, I mean, it's, and it does make sense. It's like, you want your, you know, and I, I will attest to this, like my, the best your body does react to stimuli. Yeah, right. Exactly. And uh, I would say like, like my best sleep uh, experiences in life are always when it's cold and I've got an, I've got a ton of, I mean, this is all anecdotal and it's just, it's just me and my family, but like my children are the same way. Like when, when I turn the heat off before bed, I get a good night of sleep and my, my kids sleep better and my wife sleeps better. And if I forget to turn the heat down and it's hot, everybody wakes up and they've been fucking grumpy because they've been, it's been too hot. And, uh, I think it's, I don't know, it it works for me and there's a lot of, you know, I, I recommend that book. I think that's a good book for people to, to get their hands on. It's called Why We uh Why You Sleep by um or Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Um I mean he does an incredible job in that book of breaking down just some uh sleep hygiene and how to build a good a good sleep habitual routine to to kind of a, abide by or just some guidelines that'll help you get through it. And uh temperature's one of them. Temperature's a big one. So Anyways, that's a hey, we could do a pot on that one at some point down the road. But uh, in the meantime, let's close it out. Errol, you got any final notes you want to hit before we uh, finish this thing up? Nah, New York's cool. Yeah, New York is cool. Hey, we've been in New York together before. Oh, yeah. Met that boy, Action Bronson. What's that? We're in New York together right now. No, I'm in New York City, dog. Well, I know. I figured. Anyways, uh, so yeah, that's the um, that's the podcast for tonight. We got Napoleon Dynamite coming up, and then we've got uh, the introduction of the history series coming up after that. So, thank you guys so much for joining us yet again. Um, we appreciate all the support and the listenership. Uh, you can find us at uh, X or on X at PeripheralView123, SoundCloud.com forward slash PeripheralViews123. Throw us in your YouTube search bar, and uh, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, please do us a favor and hit the subscription button along with the rating and review would be super helpful. Um, don't forget to check out my letterbox. It's also uh, the uh, the app is is super fun to use. And if if any of you guys are interested in uh, engaging with uh, with with the cinephiles of the world, it's a great place to to find us. Uh, my username on that is jperry35. So feel free to check me out on there and follow. Um, I typically follow back pretty quick. Um, website for the pod is peripheralviewspodcast.com so that being said we will catch you on the next round of the peripheral views podcast thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time